What a podcast. Hell yeah. That was fun. I like it. I look forward to editing it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Interstate Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, a.k.a. K-Slugs. My name is Peter, a.k.a. Deal For Real. And I'm also your host. And yes, boys, we are back. We are back to bring you an exclusive episode detailing some of the events that recently happened. You guys all know about it. So we're going to talk about E3, what we saw at E3, and some of the games we uh, were really excited about, and some of our favorite moments. And yeah, we're just going to talk about E3. And it's going to be freaking awesome. You know, I was having a chat with the uh, board of directors yesterday, you know, the ones who, uh, the board of directors for our podcast. And they were telling me that um, what we should do this episode is bring a guest on because when we had Ryan on to talk about Metroid Zero Mission, uh, we just had a huge boost in our ratings. So um, I would like to introduce, returning for a second IG episode, Mr. Ryan Everett. What's up, Ryan? Howdy. Hello. <laughs> Back again. I can't believe I held booster ratings. Okay. <laughs> yeah, dude, they I'm, went through I, the roof. This is my first time hearing about this right now, live on the show. So I'm kind of impressed and I'll take time a little touched. So <laughs> Yeah, you quadrupled our ratings from Ooh. zero. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm really excited to talk about this. I know you guys are as well. Um, so without further ado, why don't we just dive right into the meat and potatoes. Hell yeah. Sounds delicious. Unless unless, unless you guys oh, want to talk oh, about wait. a different starch, like a uh, beer, maybe? Oh, yes. I believe I believe Ryan was really excited to talk about <laughs> his beer before we got started. So, Ryan, what do you got for us? Uh, thanks, Kev. Uh, the reason why I'm excited is because I got this beer last week uh, for my birthday, actually. Uh, last week uh, was my 25th birthday. Ugh, I know I'm I'm reaching the point of Oof. no return. <laughs> it's all downhill <laughs> yeah. from here. But anyway, uh, before it's a cool story. So before I left home, because I went, uh, my parents wanted to, you know, celebrate the birthday with me with as a family when I uh, and it was on a Friday and I just got off of work and all that stuff. So I was about to leave to go home, spend the birthday with the family, and right, I was in the car. And suddenly, my roommate just comes sprinting at sprinting at me, you know, knocking on the door of my car and saying, "Ryan, before you go, here's this." Uh, he handed to me a pack of a six pack of beer, or a beer six pack, and attached to it was a Super Mario balloon. <laughs> what? And so I was like, "All right." And so right now, I'm drinking one of them as we speak. It is the Shiner Hill Country Peach Wheat. So Ooh. this is my first time hey. trying it. It's pretty cool. Um, all the flavors, by the way, in that six pack had a you know a fruit variety of Shiner, and so uh, it was pretty cool. And uh, I want to tell you that story. So there we go. Hey, well, happy birthday, Ryan! Uh, thank yeah, you. Happy birthday. <laughs> the best stories come from the Shiner variety uh, six pack. They always do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for a certain of... value of best, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, and they always produce the best uh, beer segment stories, but. <laughs> Um, I am going to follow that up and saying I'm also drinking a Shiner Shocker, um, but I'm just drinking a Bach. So you know, you know, nothing exciting from Kev Dog, but there's something to be said for the old standards. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's kind of it, it has kind of become the standard, hasn't it? Hey, nothing wrong with that. What uh, what conference do you guys want to talk about first? We have a bunch to choose from. Uh, yeah. Well, why don't we start in uh chronological order? I didn't know what I, what kind of order I was about to say, but <laughs> let's start with Xbox. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you, did you all guys watch the Xbox press conference or? I'll just come out the gate saying that I didn't watch much of E3 at all, to be totally honest. Uh, not the most thorough journalist over here. But uh, I did see a fair amount of the Smash uh, Direct for Nintendo. <laughs> Other than that, I just went and looked at some recaps and things like that. So right. that's kind of where I'm speaking from personally. I don't know about Ryan. I'm a little similar to you, Peter. Um, you know, going into it, I the only conference I planned on watching was uh, Nintendo One because all I own is a Nintendo Switch. Um, but when I heard that I got invited uh, to this podcast again, uh, I decided to do some research on the Xbox and, you know, Sony's and Bethesda's and all that. Uh, and so, but however, though, during that, I believe Sunday night was uh, Microsoft's conference, I believe so. Um, yes. you know, I was on Twitter and, you know, I got a lot of reaction from people from Twitter as well. And so I actually had a lot of live feedback from people and their reactions to everything. Oh, wow. Uh, and so I was keeping up with that as it was going on. Uh, and I did, you know, rewatch the recaps and rewatch, you know, most of the trailers and stuff as well. And so I am pretty much kind of familiar with uh, what each pers- each uh, conference had to offer. But in terms of, like, them talking about it and, their, and the speakers' presentations and stuff, uh, I did not watch that. Yeah. Right. So I did watch Xbox's press conference. Um and I will say that they showed Fallout 76 when they, it would, nobody knew that this was going to happen. So they showed Fallout 76. They showed like the full trailer for it because they've been showing teasers before this. And we thought we weren't going to get any information until Monday. Well, they're like, oh, yeah, here's uh, Todd Howard. And we're like, oh, no, they didn't. That's kind of basically, they didn't start the press conference um, that way. They started with like Halo. Not, I don't think it was the first thing they showed, but it was one of the first things they showed, like a Halo teaser, um, and so everybody got really hype about that. They're like, "Oh, new Halo," which I'm also hype about because, uh, as Ryan knows, we had many, many, many Halo uh, battles and many, many <laughs> Halo stories in our uh, freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kept our door open and uh, to our dorm, and people would just walk in and play Halo with us. So that's kind of how we uh, formed our little friend group. It was great seeing uh, Kevin and Simon play uh, online together. It was pretty fantastic. Oh, and they it got was heated. So fun. They got heated too, so it was pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're br- we're, it's assumed that Halo's going to bring back co-op. So that's kind of one thing everybody was pretty bummed about. Um, mm-hmm. With the last Halo, they're like, you know, how could Halo not have co-op? That's like one of the staples of the Halo franchise. Like, you play with your buddies at a Halo land party, you know what I mean? Like that's that's what you did, and so uh, hopefully they're bringing that back. Um, but yes, not su- not long after that, they they brought out the Fallout uh, seventy six trailer. I think shortly after that, they went on to Forza, which I heard somebody was pretty excited about. Hell yeah! And then I think they like capped it off with Kingdom Hearts is going to be on Xbox, which nobody knew. I don't think because I think it's only been on PlayStation to this point. Mm-hmm. As I believe so. so. Don't hold me to that. I'm not a Kingdom Hearts expert. Yeah, but I, I think that's right. But let's talk about, out of all of those, let's talk about Forza, because I think that's the most 
interesting one. Did y'all get a chance to see any of that? I I think Peter did, but <laughs> I saw the I saw the reveal trailer. Yeah. I read a little bit of the recap after that. Yeah, and I watched some of the gameplay live when they were like talking about it when they first introduced it and they're like, "Oh, let me let me kind of show you what what we got going on here." So, it's basically from my mind, it's like an MMORPG. And you're just driving around in this fancy car that you got and all of a sudden you could like cross like an intersection and there'll be like other live players that you have no idea who they are and they just like they go on the other side of the road and they're just like this I don't know how they didn't hit anybody in the gameplay <laughs> reveal like I was like how did you not run into anybody or people just trolling like there's no way anybody perfectly just drives on the road in those kind of games like you know that's just going to be mass chaos <laughs> <laughs> aren't they limiting the number of people that play in like a given representation of the world like servers kind of or is it just all one big fuck fest I'm not really sure how it works I think in the Xbox press conference they didn't detail that too much I could be wrong but I don't remember hearing any kind of limit they probably did detail that later within E3 I just know that when I was like watching them play it I was like he went through an intersection where like cars were coming on the left and right like going 100 miles an hour and he somehow just seamlessly drove through it. And I'm like, how did you do that? <laughs> oh, it's so crazy. But yeah. I loved how they showcase like uh like the different seasons and like how the different environments you can drive through. And also I love the they really kind of drove home, get it, drove home. <laughs> they drove home like the off-roading aspect of it. Uh and so yeah. like just like just off like no track necessary, no road necessary. You know, we're just going to race, you know, down this mountain or, you know, through this field and stuff like yeah. that. And I think that was uh, pretty cool that he did that. It looks it looks beautiful. So, I'm um, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, the one thing that uh that I'm not terribly stoked on, and I don't dislike this, but I'm not terribly stoked either, is the fact that it's going to be set in Britain. Um, and the reason for that, I mean, it makes sense because Britain has a ton of automotive history. And so I understand it from that standpoint. But by the same token, uh, the, the previous three Forza games have been set in uh, Colorado, actually. Um, the second one was in Italy, and I think Southern Italy, Northern France was the second Horizon game. And then the third one was in Australia. And of those, I think Australia was the most different in terms of locale because they had like the entire outback and they had the, uh, the Surfer's Paradise area on the coast that was very urban and all this sort of stuff. Um, but with Britain, I mean, I feel like from a landscape perspective, it's kind of similar to Italy, but with fewer mountains, if that makes sense. Um, right. And I think that some people, me included, were hoping for something a little more drastically different, like if they could have a setting somewhere in the Middle East or in uh, Japan or something like that. Just something a little more substantially different than what they've done in the past. Ooh, Japan would be really cool. That would be cool. Uh um, Horizon Five. There we go. <laughs> to all of our Britain view, uh, listeners, uh, we, we we don't mean anything. Like we don't hold any prejudice against you. We just wish you had a, a better looking country. You know, <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, I think Japan or Tokyo or something like that. Either way, it looks really good to me. Um, I I would want to play it. I don't know that I would buy it without reading reviews on it first. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it'd be fairly hard for them to mess up. I mean, I'm pretty sure that all four of the or all three of the existing Forza games have gotten 
rave reviews, especially the third one. And I, I've played the third one a lot because uh, one of my good friends and former roommates owns it. Um, that's actually the only experience I have with the Horizon series is that one. But I think that they've gotten the formula so well honed in by this point that I think it would take a huge departure for them to mess it up. Um, I mean, I guess maybe one of the only things that would concern me personally would be handling the uh, MMORPG type interaction, as you said it. Um, But other than that, I mean, you could make a Horizon game set in like suburban New Jersey and have it be a blast, you know, (laughs) like it'd be hard for them to mess it up. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, um, then let's let's move on to our another press conference. Oh shoot! I mean, is that it for Xbox? Like, there's a lot more we could talk well, about from the Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, we you don't want to talk more about Fallout seventy six. I figured you want to spend like an hour talking about that. Yeah, I could. I wanna I wanted to kind of talk about it like as its own thing, but you know what? No, I'll talk about it. Let's talk about it right now. Fallout seventy six. <laughs> okay, convince <laughs> just, him during this press conference. Like Bethesda had their own press conference, right? So I wasn't sure if that counted for this because they they revealed the Fallout seventy six trailer during the press conference, and I mean that's that is what it is. Like Todd Howard came out, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, by the way, we're work- here's the Fallout seventy six trailer. It's of course taking place in West Virginia. How could I mean, obviously? <laughs> and then um, also, it's four times bigger than Fallout four. And it's online. Here's the trailer. Fallout 16. Yeah, Fallout 16. <laughs> what it could have been. <laughs> then the trailer opens up, and uh, you know they drop. You see this guy in a power armor before they dropped all the bombs, and he's like looking out in the distance. And all of a sudden, the drop, the bombs drop, and uh, he gets kind of destroyed. But his uh, power armor remains in the ground. So then the next scene switches to. It's Reclamation Day, you know, you're coming out of the vault, of Vault 76, and uh, yeah, your your character emerges from the vault, and it just kind of shows these different scenes, and it shows the West Virginia world, which the setting looks amazing. I'm glad that it's not all destruction and decay. I mean, yeah. that was... That I mean, a lot of people kind of complain about that and hate that from Fallout, but... There was some decent color. Like, Oh really, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of color. Definitely the most colorful Fallout uh, to date, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was mostly untouched from the blasts of the bomb. There's still radiation, but like the trees are still there and whatnot. So I really like um, that whole kind of concept that they ran with there. Yeah, so most people don't like the destruction and decay from like the older Fallouts. I will say that's kind of like what it's supposed to be. But it's not bad for them to ch- kind of change up how that works. Um, I think it is definitely fine and definitely for them to be like, oh, it was mostly untouched and stuff like that. But it looks beautiful and amazing. I think it's something everybody's always wanted from a Fallout game. So I'm glad they were able to bring that. I think Bethesda does a really good job of trying to listen to their fans. So that's one thing that I'm really happy that they decided to go with. And a lot of people are kind of hating on them kind of going to multiplayer because they're like, oh, you're just watering down Fallout more and more until it becomes like a Call of Duty or a or a Battle Royale game. And that's not what Bethesda's interested in. Like, yeah, they want to reach as many fans as they can as possible, mm-hmm. but I think it's fine. You don't have to stick... Like, if they did the same thing every time, like, eventually people will start hating on them. It's just the same game, you know? I, I, 
it's not bad for them to want to branch out and do something different. And they've even stated they're not disbanding from their single player format, which is what they excel so well at. They're just trying something different and new. That's why there wasn't a long period of time between the Fallout games. This is something they've been working on before Fallout 4. This is something they started out with as the design for Fallout 4. And they said, what if we made it online? They, they released a documentary uh, detailing all this stuff, but yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I just kind of talked for a lot there. <laughs> well, no, you're the expert. You're the oh, series. It's okay. Yeah, this is, this is your Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But um, so if we're gonna just uh, dive right into Fallout seventy six, I let me let me just talk about what the game is kind of bringing to the table, and then I'll let you guys tell me what you think about it. So, because I, I don't know how much y'all know about what the game is gonna be, I don't know very much. I know okay portion, um, but okay, okay, go on ahead. I'll just kind of tie this also in with Bethesda's conf- uh, press conference. This we'll just kind of tie that in with Xbox, even though it was a separate thing. Right. But um, I already talked about how green it was. Um, they're going to make it multiplayer, but it's not like over-the-top multiplayer. Um, you can play it solo, but the game does have to... You have to be online to play it mm-hmm. because you have to have the ability to let people come in and just play with you. So there's only... I've already stated that the map is four times bigger, right? But there's only going to be 12 players on the map or something like that, which is actually a really insane concept because they really wanted to make... uh, Whenever you found somebody on the map, they wanted to make it like, oh, shoot, I found somebody. Like, oh, it's like kind of a rare occurrence. So you're kind of like excited, but you're also like, what is he going to do? Is he going to try to kill me? (laughs) Are we going to try to become friends? Or what's going to happen here? Yeah, They kind of went with that, and I thought that was a really cool... like get your blood pumping kind of moment. And that yeah. that sometimes in video games that's what you kind of look for, you know, like kind of like get the pace going up. Uh, mm-hmm. but there's still going to be quests and stuff like that. Um it's still going to have a storyline. It's I think I'm not sure if this is going to be toggleable, but um I don't know how to say it, toggleable, but um it's going to be like a survival mode that I play on Fallout 4 a lot. Um where yeah, I think you have to eat sleep and drink. It's not going to be like super strenuous. They really wanted to drive that point home, but it is going to be kind of a survival game, but you can partner up with people and build bases and things like that. So that's pretty cool. So you can have like a group of friends over here. Like let's say we as a podcast we decided to all get Fallout 76. We're like, "All right, we're going to be we're going to go on quests together, do all this stuff. We're going to level up and play every night it's gonna be awesome so we all go and build our base and we're doing quests and we run into another group and they decide not to kill us not yet but they get all the nuclear launch codes because there's various nuclear sites across the map and you can obtain nuclear launch codes these launch codes are actually really hard to obtain they're not like super easy to come across like Mm -hmm. and each person gets their own code so Let's say one team all gets like these nuclear launch codes and they go to a nuclear site. They can all decide that they don't like us and they can <laughs> they can send a nuke over to our camp and destroy our camp and everything in that area. And then from where our camp used to be would emerge a new type of environment. Hmm. And so like you can go and explore the damage 
and we would all be dead. Um, <laughs> I did not know that. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, it's actually a really, really cool concept. <laughs> but I don't think your 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 character's not gone forever. But your base and stuff like that might be. But there's also consequences and stuff like that, and um, everybody in your party might not want to nuke the other team. Or, but anyway, I thought that was a really cool design concept. There's not going to be vats, um, which is kind of like the turn-based thing they would implement in Fallout. Well, there is going to be vats, but it's not going to slow down time. So that's going to be interesting. There's a lot of questions coming out of this, and a lot of people are hesitant, but. From what they showed me, it looks like a good game, and I'm very excited to play it. So, yeah, it seems like they're treating this also kind of as an opportunity for them to explore these different mechanics and different approaches. Um, and you can kind of tell that from the name of the game. Even it's not you know Fallout Five, and uh, if this is something that they've been working on since before Fallout Four was released, then that probably just means it's been kind of a a spinoff in their minds. That might be one way to put it. Yeah, and uh, I think it's really cool for them to sort of take that leap with this game. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. You can like after you accomplish quests and stuff like that, you and a bunch of friends can do like different kind of selfies, and you can get different kind of gear when you go on these quests. And so, like maybe I get like a a cool helmet or something like that, or a cool jumpsuit. I don't know. And there's only like a certain amount available on the map, so maybe another team's already been there and they took some, but there's like one left. Kind of makes items rare and things like that. I don't know. The whole the whole idea is really neat, and so yeah, I'm excited to play it. I want to play it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to hear that excitement from you uh, because uh, my uh, both my brothers, my younger brothers, they are big Fallout fans. Especially uh, my closest brother, Steven. Uh, he played you know the heck out of Fallout Three and Fallout Four on his PC, um, and before uh, before Smash. You know, it's announced. That was the one thing that he really was just like, he just was talking to me about was Fallout seventy six, and he was very excited about it. Um, the part that he's looking forward to the most is that actual co op play, uh, especially because he wants to play with his roommate, you know, with some of his other friends. And all he wants to do, his main thing he wants to do, is get those nuclear codes. Like that's the thing he's the most excited to do. <laughs> and so I'm yeah. glad they implemented that in because you know it's like a goal. It's like an attainable goal that everyone always wanted to do. I mean, come on! It's like call. It's like shoutouts to uh, you know, uh, Modern Warfare Two. You know, back in the back in the good old days, trying to get the twenty five uh, for the test. Oh, yeah, league. yeah. And so it's it's a cool attainable goal. I also really like the decision that you know only twelve people can be on that on the map at the same time. Is that correct? Is it twelve? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and I like that um, because yes, it makes those uh, you know. Person to person interaction is kind of rare, uh, but I like that because I think a uh, strength that Fallout has is its ability to be isolated, and yeah. it had, kind of has that you know that Metroid esque feel of isolation and you know creepiness and you know trying to live out on your own and survival. Um, and so I'm glad that you don't put too many people so you don't kind of ruin that almost. Um, yeah, and so that's a good balance I think is what they found. Yeah, I'm going to go on record and say this is going to be the creepiest Fallout to date because they were saying West Virginia has a lot of like super creepy lore and they're like implementing that into the game like there's like a a weird bug owl creature in the forest and it's like its eyes just glow in the like dark wilderness. So it, when they showed that off I was like, "Ooh, that's creepy." <laughs> I believe I read recently 
that West Virginia is one of the most cave-filled areas in the world, I think. I hope I'm yeah. getting that right. Um, but there's definitely a lot of creepy potential there, too. I believe so. And you know what's uh, part of the reason for that, right, uh, Peter? No. It's because what famous industry is in West Virginia, especially during the uh, the 1900s? Gold. The mining industry? There you go. That's correct. And so ah. it's a big reason. Uh, shout out to my favorite movie of all time, uh, October Sky. Uh, ah. Really uh, showcases that. And so, <laughs> Cool. Yeah. That's actually interesting. I didn't know that. Anyway, enough about Fallout. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were several other games in the uh, Microsoft conference that I wanted to at least shout out, if nothing else. And maybe if you guys find any of them interesting, you can uh, chime in. Um, yeah. One of the sillier looking ones was Jump Force, which looks like a giant anime fighter <laughs> crossover game where they're trying to yeah. save the real world, like New York City, from some sort of threat. And they have like Goku and Naruto and uh, <laughs> what's his name? Monkey from One Piece, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I haven't watched that. Yeah, all these anime mainstays coming together and fighting. And that seemed, you know, like a much more feeble version of Super Smash Brothers, <laughs> but for anime. Right. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Finally, you can play as Goku. <laughs> <laughs> but one question, where the heck is All Might? That's all I'm saying. Orumaito. <laughs> I don't know. Or Deku. I hope they. I hope they're in there. I mean, I, I feel like that anime's been taken off a lot recently from what I've heard from other people. So, hopefully, they have a uh, Boku no Hero Academia characters in that game. That would be awesome. Yeah, they are making a My Hero fighting game that was also announced at E3. Actually, it was announced a little bit before E3. Um, but they, while I was watching them, uh, the creators of this game talk about uh, Jump Force, and they asked them, "Are any My Hero Academia?" Uh, character is going to be in this game and he said no comment so i don't know what that means <laughs> no comment next question <laughs> yeah another game that piqued my interest was session which looks like it's going to be a skating game well it definitely will be a skating game um but i think all that session got at the conference was like a minute and a half to two minute trailer that just showed a little bit of i think it was, i think it was gameplay i don't think it was like pre-rendered footage or anything um, but I did read a little bit more about it later. You guys know that I'm into skateboarding video games, of course. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I read that it's going to have similar controls to the Skate series by EA, which has been sort of dormant for a long time, um, like for five years now. And so I think some yeah. people might be hoping that this is kind of a revival of Skate, but like under a different name and probably from a different developer. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no, it is a different developer. I think it was crowdfunded or something. I, I did read that now that I think about it. But I really did love the controls of the Skate series, and so if this new game session brings that back, then it'll probably be a lot of fun to play. I just don't know what will make it different than any other skating game that already exists, you know? Right. I was actually going to want ask you like if you had played the Skate series, but it sounds like you have, so yeah, that's cool. But yeah, do you have any more Xbox games? I think some good surprises that uh, Xbox revealed um, is Battletoads. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, come on, that was pretty cool. And then I, I didn't think, to mention that. Yep. And then I think the most underrated or game that I think that's going to be like it's going to be a surprise game that's going to catch a lot of people off guard and it's going to be pretty good. Uh, I think it's going to be Cyberpunk uh, twenty seventy seven. Uh, I think that one has a lot of potential to it. Um, has a very how as I say Blade Runner esque ishness to it. Um, and 
and for a video game too. And I think the I think it's a lot of potential. Yeah. So I think those are the two games that really jumped out at me uh, from an out from a usual Xbox outsider. I was like, oh, okay, what's this? So yeah, that actually looked pretty good. Twenty seven seven is definitely capitalizing on that uh, that kind of like eighties night wave aesthetic that's been catching fire lately. Um, mm-hmm. I say lately, probably like over the past couple of years. Um, but I I didn't see too much about that game. I didn't really delve deep into it. So Ryan, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about like what the game is actually going to be because I don't really know other than the name and the aesthetics. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know much more than uh, what you said. Um, <laughs> I just watched I just watched the trailer. Um, so basically, what I got, you know, from the trailer, it has. I mean, are you guys familiar with you know Blade Runner at all? And have you seen like the recent one, twenty forty nine? I'm familiar enough. Okay, so I'm not quite sure what the relation is between you know who's human and who's robot, you know, stuff like that. But it basically takes place during that time, and uh, I I'm trying to. There's really not much of a plot you can really tell from. You know the trailer, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if everyone's a robot in in this game. Actually, I'm not even quite sure. But either way, <laughs> I don't know. It's just a it's just a cool you know cyberpunk futuristic game, and you know I like sci-fi, and so no, it just piqued my interest, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard a lot of people, or I saw a lot of people in the chat getting really hyped about it, and then our boy Chris texted me about it. He said this game looks pretty cool. So uh, yeah, I do think it is a very underrated game, and that's uh, I I think you're right. I think it'll catch on. Yeah, or underrated uh, trailer, I should say, because we don't yeah. we can't say it's underrated game because it hasn't come out yet. True, but underrated reveal, I should say. Yeah, yeah. How about that new uh, Ori game, Kev? I think you're pretty familiar with the Ori franchise. Oh, that looks beautiful. I can't believe they're going to do another Ori game, but yeah. Um, Chris and I attempted to play some of the other Ori games on stream one time. I don't know if you remember that, Peter. I do, yeah. Chris really likes Ori. I kind of just live vicariously through him because I just watched him <laughs> play it. And I had a lot of fun watching him play it. It's a really interesting uh, platforming game um, that a lot of people really like. It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful game. It kind of reminds me, this is not a very good comparison, but Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze Esque kind of Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is a very serious or is not a very serious game. Um, it's kind of more silly than Ori. Ori is like it's cute at some points, and then other points it's like very serious and intense. But there are some levels in Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze that remind me of Ori a lot, and like kind of the aesthetic that they have going on there. So um, yeah, very. Very interesting game. Beautiful. That's what I love about that game. It's just so good looking. <laughs> the aesthetics. 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 <laughs> so there is one more game from the Microsoft conference that I want to shout out, and that is a Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, um, which is a ninja game from From Software, uh, famed for obviously the Dark Souls series and for Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, From Software seemed to have a pretty interesting presence at E3 because they had this game and then another one under the uh, Sony conference I think Um, but yeah they're making a ninja game called Shadows Die Twice and I don't know too much more about it other than that but I I feel like From Software has earned this reputation as being like such a highly skilled studio that probably anything they put their mind to will be awesome and so uh, if they can put a really cool 
Dark Souls-esque spin on a ninja game, that only sounds like it could be great, really. <laughs> yeah, they could only win with that concept. <laughs> Dark Souls ninjas. I saw a meme that was like, um, you know that the anime guy where he's like holding up a butterfly and they say, is this blank? Oh, that meme is everywhere right now. <laughs> yeah, so so I think it's actually resurged because it's kind of an old meme, I want to say. but It is? I had no idea. He's like, death in a video game. Is this Dark Souls? That's <laughs> 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 like, that's so true. Like, I feel like games more and more now these days are like, don't let the player die <laughs> and lose their progress. Whatever you do. Didn't you say that Star Fox was like Dark Souls or something once, Kevin? <sighs> yeah, Star Fox 64, I did make that comment and that... Can confirm. Well, I can't, I'm trying to remember why I made that comparison, but I had a good point when I talked about it. You're talking about like trial and error or something like that. Yes, really okay, so if you do die on, especially on like the harder levels, so you're like, okay, I have to learn, and Ryan can attest to this because he was there watching me play it. Solid in person. I was like, what do I do? And I, I find myself asking that question very, very often when I was playing that game. Um, and that's kind of what you do in Dark Souls. You die and you die, and you're like, what do I do? Like, so you kind of figure out what you have to do, and like each time, I mean, I guess that's just the way video games worked back then, but um, it is nice to see that in Dark Souls. But yeah, Star Fox, I would definitely like, Ryan, what do I do? And he'd be like, uh, I'm not going to tell you because I want you to experience this game pure, <laughs> natural. Like, I was like, okay, cool. So I spent a good amount of time dying and figuring out, okay, what should I do? Like, how do I approach this next time? Once you get Star Fox down, though, it becomes a lot easier. Like once you get like, okay, I know what to do. You're like, all right, this isn't as hard as I thought. Yeah. Welcome to Interstate Gamers E3 podcast. We talk about Star Fox 64. <laughs> well, hey, at, le- at least Star Fox had some presence at this year's E3, which it actually did. Makes hey, for a good segue, a, if yeah, wanna, yeah. If you want to segue over? Nice. Um, so, who saw that coming? And by the way, who's like I knew like Nintendo was possibly going to have a Star Fox game. I had heard those rumors that we were going to see him, but I did not know he was going to be tied into another game. Yeah, so uh, I believe this is under the Ubisoft conference because this game is being developed by them. That's correct. But yeah, there's that game uh, Starlink, which seems to be sort of a sort of an open world discovery, but also combat based uh, space game where you travel between. Um, a set number of planets. It's not endless like No Man's Sky or whatever, but it's um, you travel between these planets kind of taking care of missions as they appear. But the uh, the hook of this game is that you actually purchase physical toys that you attach to the controller, I believe, or uh, they're, they're near the controller. I don't know exactly how it works. But you buy these toys that you can customize with different parts and those customizations become real in the game, which is really cool, I think. Um, definitely something that a lot of people should or would be skeptical about, and I totally understand why. But the thing that interested me and Ryan, and probably you too, Kevin, is that, yes, uh, our very own Fox McCloud is <laughs> playable in this game, and I don't really know why <laughs> or how. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> or, if it, or if it has anything to do with the Star Fox canon, probably not. Probably not. But uh, yeah, you can fucking play a Star Fox, which is uh, really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that point that you mentioned. Like, why is he in here again? Uh, who cares? Let's, let's play. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not the first time that Nintendo and Ubisoft have crossed over because we have the whole Mario and Rabbids thing. 
Um, yeah. Which, by the way, yeah. apparently Grant Kirkhope was conducting a band on stage during a uh, during a Rabbits segment. So that's really cool. We all love Grant <laughs> Kirkhope here. Oh, we um, yeah. He's he, you're very close to him. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, Starlink and then Grant Kirkhope being on stage were kind of the the only real things I cared about from the Ubisoft conference. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, no, no, no. Assassin's Creed. I love Assassin's Creed. There you go. Uh, oh, see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they chose the same name as the Mario <laughs> game, but it the new Assassin's Creed game is going to take place in Greece, and it looks really cool. Apparently, you can have all kinds of relationships. Like you can have you can romance mm. multiple people. All kinds. And I know of relationships. Peter. Peter loves that stuff. <laughs> I do. So do tell Peter. That's why I read fan fiction. Yeah, and and they actually, you know, you can. Such bad I don't know fiction. if you could be a guy or like if it's interchangeable. Like you could be a guy or a girl. I thought that was the thing because I know you can, like, a girl can have a relationship with a girl. I thought that was like a a thing, and everybody was really excited about that. Um, so I was like, wait, so can you be both genders now? That was my question, and so I'm not sure if that's true. I still haven't figured that out because uh, I saw a trailer and it was a dude running around, so I'm not sure who the main character is. Mm. Um, but yeah, very cool. I love the like the new ro- romantic options that we have now, and it looks so cool being in uh, Greece. And Socrates is talking the trailer. It's like, hey, Socrates. yeah, like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, hey, what's up? What up, Socrates? <laughs> Socrates. Uh, yeah. Whoops, <laughs> pronounced it wrong. But yeah, but um, yeah, no, it it looks really cool. You you can do the Spartan kick and like Spartan <laughs> kick people off of stuff. Um, it looks like boats are making a comeback, which was super good from Black Flag, which they should have capitalized on, but they kind of did and made their own game of it. I think that's what Skull and Bones, which is a game that I'm really excited for. I think that's being developed by Ubisoft. I think that's yeah, yeah, it yeah. It's, def- it's definitely being yeah because they're the people that made the Assassin's Creed Black Flag portion of the. Like, because that game was about pirates, and so everybody loved that aspect about Black Flag. So they're taking that, expanding it into a bigger, more broader game. In that game, excuse me, the beer is getting to me. <laughs> Easy boys moment. But that game looks amazing. Like, have you seen the aesthetics on that game, Peter? It is. Oh my gosh! If you haven't, you need to go look it up after we get off this podcast because. It looks so cool. It's much better than the concept of uh, Sea of Thieves. That game is garbage. Sorry, anybody who loves that game. <laughs> hey, the water looks fantastic in that game. So to answer your question, I have actually seen the aesthetics of this game because I did see the... I saw like two minutes of the six-minute trailer. I think it was. Um, but yeah, I was actually going to ask you what would make this game different from Sea of Thieves because I don't have any experience with Sea of Thieves, but you probably do. It sounds like you do. I do, uh, and this kind of actually segues into a funny story. So I was interested in Sea of Thieves. I knew Aaron, my good buddy Aaron, who's also in the Easy Boys, um, he was playing it and with some of his friends. And um, so I was, I was looking into it, and someone from work had actually told me to check it out. Um, so I was like, oh, this is going to be a cool game. And I dropped my controller while looking at the game preview menu. And it automatically purchased it for me. And I was like, <laughs> no. Like, because they were doing like a free trial period and I could have done that. 
but too late. I already purchased it outright. So I spent $60 on this Sea of Thieves game, and I'm like, all right, might as well go and play it. And there's not a very good plot to the story. This, there's like, it starts you out in the game. You have no idea what you're doing. It just drops you into the world, which, I mean, Zelda did that, but somehow that worked. But um, this game, you just when you have multiple people coming into the mix, you kind of need to like have like a point. Like, what, what are my goals and objectives? But really, from what I could figure out, is this game's all about goofing around. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see that from their trailer. It's fun to goof off, and you could do really weird, random things. Um, but the, the premise, kind of, if, if I could put one to it, is if you get, you get like a bunch of buddies together, or maybe just random online people, you get your own ship, and you just kind of sail to, from island to island, and like try to get treasure from island to island, but you can't really do a lot with that treasure or nothing that I've found out because they kind of just drop you in the game. And a lot of mass chaos ensues. Just running into other people gets kind of hectic. You can choose from different boats, which I think is also a thing in Skull and Bones. But I think Skull and Bones is taking more of the Assassin's Creed kind of route in that it's... Getting off the boat and stuff like that is cool to see of thieves, but I don't think that's what would make the pirate game the most amazing. And I think it's all about the boats in Skull mm-hmm. and Bones, which I'm glad they're putting a lot of emphasis on the boats. Mm-hmm. So you can your boat is going to be super customizable. It's going to have different like uh, aesthetic options. You can upgrade it. You Aesthetics. can do different options to it. You give you different sizes. I think um, you also go around looking for treasure. I think there's a storyline. Um, he thinks, and you you definitely can play with other people. It's just it looks a lot more put together because I think they've been working on it since Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which came out quite a while ago, like my second year of second or third year of college. Yeah, I so, remember actually uh, when you got that game for the first time. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. They they really putting a lot of focus and emphasis on this game, and it's kind of funny. This is Ubisoft, and uh, they're making this. You know, I love Assassin's Creed and all that stuff, and it's the same people who are making those games. Well, Rare, who made Banjo, made Sea of Thieves, and I actually despise. I don't despise. It's just not a great game in Sea of Thieves, yeah. and it's not the same Rare either. You know, so many people have left or changed or whatever. So. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it the same company, really. <laughs> yeah, it is fun to goof off. I will say it is very fun to goof off in Sea of Thieves, and I think that's kind of what everybody plays it for right now. So, yeah, I don't have a segue for this, but I did want to point out. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this little tidbit, but um, Just Dance 2019 is going oh, to be released man. on the Nintendo Wii. What? what? No way. Yes, Just Dance 2019 is coming out for <laughs> the current gen systems and also the Nintendo Wii. That's what? actually kind of amazing. Which was released in 2006, I think. That's actually so this is amazing. a 12-year-old console. This is they, insanity. <laughs> they discontinued that like <laughs> online service for that game <laughs> or that console. You don't play Just Dance with the online service. They also discontinued the console, I think. <laughs> yes, they did. I know, I just I I think it's funny. Like they don't have a working online functionality, but hey, I know I know a lot of people who just casually have a Wii and they do that for the dancing games. So actually, that's not a bad idea whatsoever. 
Because this past cool. year, uh, you know, the place I work at, the Cambridge, one of the RAs there hosted a Just Dance Hall event in the theater room. You know, and obviously she brought her Wii and all of her different Just Dance games. And that was this year. So just saying, I don't think it's that terrible of an idea. I think it's kind of funny. No, it's not, it's, it's not a bad idea by any means, but it is hilarious. Yeah, the Wii funny. is the Just Dance console. Just saying. Yeah, you're right. Also, if you're at a game store, where do you put that game on the shelf? Like, do you put it with the Wii U games? Or <laughs> do you put it with the Switch games? Like, what do you, what do, you do with it? <laughs> wow. I don't know. I think you would put it... And the garbage. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no. Like... Shots fired by Peter. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's bold and brash. I would say... Off to the corner somewhere, like buy the hmm. Nintendo Wii games, maybe next to the Wii U games, and stick it kind of with them. Maybe what you do is uh, you have a little point of sale uh, installation for it. I don't know. I forgot <laughs> for, for the well, Wii version. For, no, not just for the Wii version, although that is a possibility, but just for all the versions together. So it's like, yeah. just dance 2019, find your console. And then it has like all of, all of them. And then the Wii's just at the very bottom, like, you know. Two inches above the floor. That's what yeah. I think. They could just make it part of a sick deal. Like buy the buy our used Nintendo Wii's, and you get a free Just Dance 2019. You know, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would yeah, do. <laughs> y'all need to be on the GameStop's uh, marketing team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So yeah, what what do you all want to talk about next? That that Spider Man for <laughs> Spider Man. Right. Move on to Sony. Yeah, I've let's been do it. yeah, I've been one. Absolutely. That one. I, Kevin's really looking forward to Spider-Man, which, by the way, looks so much fun. Yeah, it does. It looks amazing, and like all the like action stuff. I loved playing the uh, Spider-Man one and two games on the PlayStation back in the day. PlayStation oh, two. Oh, I remember that Spider-Man two for the PlayStation two. It was a really big uh, deal for like you know the physics and swinging from building to building, you know, all over the place. It was fantastic. I think for me, uh, I'm not going to talk too much in depth about this game. But I think for me, what I really liked what they did is that one, they talked about a tongue. Like they went really in depth into it. And I think uh, that really helped with Sony's lack of games, especially compared to Microsoft. So it's a good thing that they went to more depth. Uh, but another thing is like the villains. Uh, that was something I think that they just really nailed it. And a lot of people were excited for was the amount of villains and who the villains were. I think that's something that they did a great job of. Yeah, I think Ryan's right. Everybody's super pumped about all the villains just beating the crap out of Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the game looks awesome. It's very reminiscent of like uh, Spider-Man 2, which was amazing, where you could just kind of swing around and do whatever. And they know people love that, and they wanted to bring that back, but with like modern-day capabilities. And boy, did they do it. Oh, it looks so good. I know there's probably a lot of like God of War-esque uh just push this button to flip over here and do a triple backflip. <laughs> that's <reverse>. okay. <laughs> but that's okay. That's what I want. Um, yeah, it looks amazing. Um, and I think it's going to be very like open world and you can just kind of run around and do whatever. Um, I remember Spider-Man 1. This is kind of a funny tangent. Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man couldn't swim. If you fell in the water, you would die. Uh, that's and I, always, I always thought that was hilarious. It's like an actual uh, spider. Yeah, <laughs> he's not so a water skimmer. <laughs> no, he's definitely not. So yeah, but yeah, that's really. Oh, do y'all want to talk about um, what's another PS4 
four game that Last I, of Us Part Two. Last of Us Part Two. Yes. Yo. Yes. Oh yeah. So inform me of Last of Us because I it, I'm not too familiar about it, but what makes it hype? Like what? Well, what's the hype? Last of Us One. Um, basically, it perfected the what people like to call the movie experience, but it's a video game. Um, it's like a movie video game. I don't know what the actual word for it is. But you're basically like in a movie, but you're, it's still a video game itself. And uh, I think it perfected it. Uh, Last of Us, you know, famously won Game of the Year uh, when it came out, you know, especially because through its storytelling, you know, its development of characters. Um, the acting you know, was I really think good. The acting was really good. You know, the voice acting and, you know, and the facial features, it was all very believable. Um, and I try to remember, it's, it's killing me that I don't remember the two main characters' names. I'm sorry, people. I've never played it. So Joel that's and why. Ellie. Ellie, yeah, Joel and Ellie. I, I remember Joel. I just didn't remember Ellie. Um, uh, it's cool that she's like, you know, a lot more grown up in the in the new trailer. So that's actually pretty cool because I know Ellie has a you know soft spot in a lot of people's hearts. Um, and so like like oh my gosh, she's you know grown up now. So that's really kind of cool. But that that's yeah. kind of why Last of Us is a big deal. Um, is because of you know its story. It was like a book. But it was an interactive video game, you know, through a story that was book quality. And so that's why it was really popular. Right. Yeah, if I can chime in here a little bit about the story in particular, I found the the world that it created just so compelling. Um, you know, zombies and that sort of thing has been kind of a big cultural meme for a long time now <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> but I think this game did it really well where it gave kind of like a semi-plausible origin for the zombies and they didn't call them zombies actually which I think helps personally just because I got ter- <laughs> I got tired of hearing that word right, so much yeah. um, but it just did such a great job of allowing you as the player to form connections with all these characters because of the trials and tribulations they were going through and just how real it all felt and the, the ending of the game I'm not going to spoil anything but the ending of the game put me kind of in a shock and for the next three days, I just kept thinking about how that game ended and like the implications of it, which is something that no actual book that I can think of has done to me. You know, like I, I just think the storytelling was of that high quality, and um, not to mention it did win Game of the Year and like probably every other award in the industry and uh, all this other stuff. So it's th- this is a very highly anticipated game for sure. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, I I did hear people uh, talking about how like intense and gory it was, mm-hmm. um, like how like what she had to like kill some dude. I don't know. It was really intense how she killed that dude <laughs> in the trailer. Yeah. There was um, there was some intense uh, dude killing in The Last of Us Part One for sure. So <laughs> okay, cool. We're now going to yeah, call it- the first one Last of Us Part One now. <laughs> Even though it's just <laughs> The Last one. of Us. We're just going to call it's it like Part like Star one. Wars Episode 4. <laughs> yep. Was there a cliffhanger at the end of one? I mean, you don't have to tell me, but... Not really. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't so much a cliffhanger as it was very open-ended. Like, you didn't know what they were going to do next. Right. You didn't know if there was going to be another game. Right. That, that's correct. It's still a standalone game. Um, it's just, you know, I won't really spoil it, but... For people, anyone that hasn't played it and they want to play it before the sequel comes out. But basically, once they got, you know, done with everything, you know, they just kind of, you know, you know, they not drove driving off to the sunset because it wasn't a happy ending. It was, you know, just an ending. And 
you know, you don't know if it's all over, you know, where they're going to do now, you know, how it's going to affect their lives, you know, stuff like that. And so, yeah, I think, yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I need to play that game cause I've heard nothing but good things about it. So maybe I'll pick last of us, uh, what part one? <laughs> oh gosh! Uh, and then I'll pick up part we're, two. We're, we're starting a trend right here. Yeah, <laughs> part one. But I'm glad. I'm glad they made it a full game, and and I think that's how games should be made. You make a full game, and then you build with a sequel. You build upon that. So I I really like that format. I don't like open ended stuff. That's. I mean, I mean, I guess that's part of the draw and what gets people to buy the next one sometimes. But Halo did that. Halo Five and just put a sour taste in my mouth <laughs> when they did that. So, yeah. So we have also a, a remake of Resident Evil 2. How about that? Ooh. I've always wanted to play the Resident Evil games. I could just never get anybody to play with me. So, who knows? And then uh, and then obviously Kingdom Hearts 3, I think is also a pretty big deal. Oh uh, yeah, we're very very excited for. Yeah, um, and they have pirates now, and they have Frozen right. now, and all sorts of hypes. And stuff. Pixar, <laughs> yes. Oh really? Pixar too. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, Monsters Inc., Toy Story. You know, there's a bunch of them in there. It, it's and they wow, look. I didn't know that. Great. They yeah. look like movie esque. Like like yeah. like it's Mike Wazowski from the movie. You know, it, it was really 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 cool. <laughs> yeah. Like you should see like the That's little awesome. interactions they have, and it's funny just seeing like Goofy and you know. And Sora and all of them interacting with those famous Pixar characters. So that was pretty cool. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard people like talk about how Kingdom Hearts is like this really serious game, and you're like, you're really yeah. into this storyline. You're like, and all of a sudden, like Goofy's just standing off to the side. <laughs> 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 and you're just like, this is uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I really actually want to play Kingdom Hearts 3, but I feel like I need to go back over the Kingdom Hearts game because I played them with my friend who lived across the street, and I played Kingdom Hearts 2. A little bit. I used to play that game, Jack and Daxter, and hey, um, there you go, Sly Cooper with with him. He had all those Sly games. Cooper, and, and we I would play that at his house. And Kingdom Hearts was one of them, and uh, I never got to finish it. And so I don't really know all of the storyline behind it. So I feel like if I just jumped into three, I would be lost. So maybe I need hmm. to replay those. But I don't have a PlayStation. But I've been contemplating on getting. A third console. Okay, there you go. And wasn't uh, our friend Brandon or Simon really interested in the ghosts of Tushimiya? Did I pronounce that right? Um, Brandon, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see anything on that game. I know that was also announced during Sony's conference. Yeah, well. it's going to be an open world samurai game. <laughs> what? That's actually pretty cool. Look incredible. They have just, <laughs> just, just leaves everywhere. It leaves up the wazoo. Oh my gosh! So Leaves rules. make the wazoo. A game. Make or, or break a game. Word. We actually <laughs> talked about in Stardew Valley how we loved the leaves in fall. Yeah. Just yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, cool. Um, one other thing I think that's worth mentioning for Sony is that uh, From Software has a new VR game coming out, uh, PlayStation VR, called uh, I don't know how to pronounce it because it has a bunch of weird accent marks, but a uh, Deracine or Deracine or something like that. It's a French word. And uh, it looks like it's going to be kind of an immersive, well, I guess VR is always immersive, but it's going to be an experience where you're in, uh, I-, I believe you're in France in like a couple centuries in the past. And I think it's going to be one of those games where you're kind of exploring someone's like 
half forgotten memories or something kind of like that. Um, and a lot of people were were really interested to see how this is going to play out because, again, From Software is all about the Dark Souls series and all that. But between the uh, Ninja game I mentioned earlier and then this very non-combat oriented VR game, I think people are really interested to see what they bring to the table. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. Um, so can anybody tell me Square Enix, what, what do they do? Like, why are they a big deal? They're the company behind Final Fantasy. Oh, okay, that makes sense. They, yeah, so they're making this game that I am absolutely going to get and absolutely love. I played the demo on it on the Switch. It's amazing. Octopath Traveler. Yeah. I encourage anybody, anybody who has a Switch to try out the demo and you'll I'm instantly fall in love. I'm definitely probably going to try it out, for sure. You'll instantly fall in love. You're starting to convince me, Kevin. You're starting to convince me. <laughs> Dude, it's so it's coming out next month. And there's the basically the premise behind it is there's eight different characters. And this is an RPG game, but they all have their own storyline. And you play through their storyline, these characters, you kind of grow with these characters, you form relationships. Each of them has different kind of abilities that they can do as well. Um you can also get armor for them and stuff like that. But um you yeah you go through their storyline and they all have like a quest they're out to do and then like their initial quest like how they get their quest started wherever they're from they you complete that area and they're like all right I'm going off on an adventure all eight of these characters and you can choose anyone at any time I think and you go off on their adventure and you can meet up with another character from a different adventure i think that's how that works like it's all on one map Taking place, and the aesthetics of this game, even though it's like a a weird mix of two D and three D, is actually stunning. The voice acting is amazing, and the soundtrack is also really really good. So, if I can ever get my PC set up uh, for streaming, I'm definitely going to stream that game. But oh, it looks so good, and I encourage anybody to try it out. I'm gonna have to add it to my list of uh, games to get once I get a Switch. There you go. Because you've been, you've been selling it real hard. <laughs> yeah. Need to get a Switch, Peter. Yeah. Come on. So we can all play Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, you beat me to it. I was going to hopefully mention it in one breath and get it out of the fucking way, but here you are. <laughs> talking about Fortnite. Boom. Transition. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. On to Nintendo. You know, if, if you get a Switch, you couldn't like not justify us doing a Fortnite episode. That's true. <laughs> oh. Actually, I was going to ask you: um, Do you like? Would you have any reason personally to get Fortnite on the Switch? I already did. <laughs> oh, is it out already? Yeah, it's already out, and it's that free. was part of and, Nintendo's E3. Yeah, yeah. Why well, didn't they watch the whole it, E3? Yeah, they announced it during E3 that Fortnite's coming out right now. And so yeah. I think that was pretty cool, and uh, it's been very successful. Like I pretty. Like within a 24 hour period, they had 2 million downloads. Oh my God. Yeah, in a 24 hour period. It's really, really cool. That doesn't sound real. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's crazy because everybody's been looking forward to this, and me, myself included, because you could take this game that's super popular, and I I won't lie, I love playing Fortnite. I don't care how popular it is. You know, it's a good game to me. Mm -hmm. And. It's crazy you can now play it on the go. Like it's so underrated to be able to play it in your bed or on the toilet or, you know, 
at a friend's house or while somebody's watching something like my girlfriend say she's watching uh, Gilmore Girls. I want to play Fortnite. Problem solved, you know. Um, <laughs> I can I play the- Fortnite. <laughs> Marriage saved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kevin, I had this uh, thought when you said playing on the toilet. Where are we dropping, boys? Well, I thought I dropped this juice real quick. We're going to go over to the twi- to, to the towers. <laughs> so, oh, gosh. <laughs> Tilt the towers. Tilt the towers. Let me drop this juice real quick. I was trying to think of a, of some pun, but I'm, I'm not familiar enough with Fortnite to make it, but I knew that there was one there. I'm really glad that you brought it out for <laughs> Oh, yeah. But yeah, think about it. You can take your Fortnite anywhere on the go. And I know they had it on mobile, but nobody wants to play it on mobile. Now you have a legit console that you can take anywhere and play Fortnite. So I think that's really the draw behind it. And it's still free. So it's like, yeah, that's why I would still get it. They should have pulled a Just Dance and released it on like the Game Boy Advance or something. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo, Nintendo yeah, DS. Everybody, everybody made fun of Skyrim like being on like every console and them reselling Skyrim. If Fortnite like was pay- like you had to pay for the game, there'd be a meme behind Fortnite for sure. But I'm glad Fortnite is free and so accessible. So Fortnite for iPod, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I also, uh, since we're on the Nintendo train now, I did want to talk a little bit about Damon X Machina. Did you guys see that? Hmm. I didn't. Was that? Yeah. So Kev, it's basically a uh, a mech fighter game where you're in a giant mech and you're fighting other giant mechs that are like AI from days gone by, but they've gone rogue and they're like making themselves stronger to take over the world or what have you. Um, I didn't see too much about it. So Ryan, if you happen to see more than me, maybe you can chime in. Um, Uh, I think you covered it for me too. Uh, So my Nintendo story for E3 is that I was looking forward to it. However, it was on a Tuesday, you know, as you know, most of us working club fel- going up, working us, most of us working fellows, you know, have work going on nine to five, and so I have, you know, Nintendo's E3 pulled up. Uh, I'm on like one of my tabs, you know, secretly watching it, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, no one's looking. Okay, let me look at this real quick. Um, I still got work done and stuff, and I didn't get to see the whole thing, so I, I watched it a little bit later. Um, but one funny part is, I guess we'll go back to it, but. Uh, I, I actually I tell it now. And so during the um, Super Smash Brothers portion, you know, Sakurai made a joke in the very beginning. You know, um, like you know, Super Smash Bros. is a fighting game of you know Nintendo's All Stars, and then the screen goes black and it says the end. You know, and then, <laughs> and, then, and then it said just kidding. When that happened, you know, I couldn't help myself to laugh a little bit, and I heard my general manager being like. Ryan, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> this weather is really funny today, sir. I was like, uh, <laughs> right. So, yeah, so there's my funny story with that. Oh, man. That's very similar to my Smash Brothers story, which I'll get to later when we talk about that. All right, By the way, I was, thinking we was, I was thinking we'd save Smash Bros. for the end. Is that yes, yeah, let's do that. everyone? Yes, absolutely. We have to. <laughs> we yes, would yeah. have to. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, but anyway, Damon X Machina, this game, you pilot giant flying mech that's fighting even more giant mechs. Um, I really don't have much to say about that, but I'm not sure that a game like this has ever really been on a Nintendo console. Um, and it did look really fun. It looked like a, you know combat on just like a massive scale where you're like fighting among these huge buildings, and it just seemed really cool. There's one feature, apparently, where if you destroy a wall that has graffiti on it, because it takes place you know in urban areas, if you destroy a wall with graffiti on it, then you can like decorate your mech with that graffiti. 
which I think is a really cool sort of collecting uh, aspect that they put in um, oh. to improve the aesthetics of your mech. Aesthetics. And uh, yeah, I, I really don't have all that much. I, I did see a little bit of gameplay uh, during one of the treehouse segments. Um, I'm not sure that the person who was playing it was all that good, so I don't know <laughs> if they really did the game justice. But um, it looked really right. cool. I just want to mention it because it seemed cool, but I don't really know enough to elaborate much more than that. They used to have a game on the OG Xbox called Mech Assault, and I I loved playing those games. I don't know that anybody remembers these games because every time I try to talk to somebody about this game, they're like, what the heck is that? But I used to love playing Mech Assault um, for the OG Xbox. It was, I think it was like a game you could get with the Xbox, but they came out with Mech Assault 1 and 2. Two did not do very well for whatever reason, so I they just kind of died after that. But I'm glad another mech game is coming back because I do like mech games because of that game. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, maybe you should uh, keep it on your radar then. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we're on Nintendo now, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, Mario Party. Yes, Super Mario Party. Oh. Yes, Super Mario Party. It looks pretty good. Respect the Super. Re- return to form. Back to the. Back to the glory, good old days. Very excited for that. Yeah, I'm glad they're going back to the original format. It was kind of getting like, like don't paper Mario this game. You had a good thing going. <laughs> good job. There you go. I was about to ask actually. About <laughs> so. Yeah. so can you can you briefly explain to me because I haven't played any Mario parties other than literally the first one. Can you explain very briefly to me what departure the series had taken prior to this? Yeah. So Mario parties one through eight actually, and eight came out uh, on the Nintendo Wii when it first came out. Um, you know, very much had a similar structure. You know, which is a board, a free roaming board where you can choose different directions. You know, and you get to a star. And, you know, you get the star and you play mini games at the end of the turn and, you know, a bunch of crazy stuff happens and, you know, people hate each other. That's why that's Mario Party in a nutshell. Um, but when Mario Party 9 came out, they changed the system entirely. Uh, with Mario Party 9, they did the, something called the party bus system is what people like to call it, uh, where everyone's together on this bus and you move together. So there's none of this separate path and stuff, any of that. You're all together, which, by the way, I would defend Mario Party 9. Uh, to my grave, I think they did a great job with Mario Party 9 for what it is, and I really liked it, especially because it was more, um, it was much better for newcomers. Like in the old Mario Parties, you can actually still dominate and win if you're better than the mini games than your opponents, because that's what was the most important thing. Um, and so, like if you play with newcomers, you usually should win unless you get terribly, terribly unlucky, which does happen. Um, but in Mario Party 9, you know, it is very much like who knows who's going to win at any point because, you know, they introduce, you know, getting second and third place in the minigame. So getting first is not always like the most priority thing to get. And there's a lot of lot more things that can happen to you. Um, and so it's very much more open for beginners. And I know Mario Party 10 had the Mario Party bus again with Bowser and, you know, a couple other Mario parties just focus on mini games. Those are more for the 3DS and stuff like that. Uh, and so I, I handled the party bus system with 9. But after 9, I was like, okay, you know, I did it. I, I you know, experienced it. I'm done. You know, let's go back to <laughs> let's, let's go back to the good old Mario party. And when they brought it back for 10 and some of the others, I was like, okay, stop. And so I'm really glad they're going back to form what everyone knows and loves Mario Party for. Yeah. Can you imagine how long their internal list of Mario Party minigames must be. Like, 
Yeah, they take every mini game from oh every game my in the gosh. series and just make a list. There have to be what like it's it's in the thousands, five hundred sure. or something. You think it's in the thousands? Yes, I'm very confident it's in the thousands. Wow, because there's Mario Party one through ten, and then they have one for the DS, and then they had Star Rush for the 3DS. Um, and so oh, that man. alone is like twelve Mario Parties, and you know, and I maybe there's thirteen. I uh, I don't know. I think there's still twelve. Um, I don't think anyone cared after a certain point, like about yeah, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, but regardless, <laughs> uh, there's easily there's easily over a thousand. And so, wow, Mario confirmed the best uh, party thrower in the video game <laughs> industry. <laughs> but yeah, no, I am excited for them to return to the format. Katie is really excited about that game. She was like, maybe I need to get a Switch. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to convince go. her to get a Switch so we can like. So know. Kevin doesn't have to share all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we could play online when she's at home or something. But oh, that too. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Mario, I'm really stoked actually for Mario Tennis Aces. I Oof, saw yeah. a decent amount of Treehouse gameplay for that. Now, I will disclaim this by saying that, similar to Mario Party, I haven't played a Mario Tennis game since the original on the N64, which I really like. Um, I should actually look for that at a game shop one day. But um, So I don't know all the new stuff that Mario Tennis Aces is introducing because I don't know what's happened since the N64 one. But it looks really fun. Like, it looks crisp and smooth and the features like aiming the shot look really cool. You can be Chain uh, Chomp. Yeah, and you can be Chain Chomp, which I, I love. I love how they've been including like minor characters in their games. Like, Dry Bones has always been a favorite of mine. Blooper. Blooper's been in the scene for a hot minute, too. He's yeah, been Blooper's in, like, coming parties. back. I love that. Um but yeah, like Mario Mar- Tennis Aces looks like a Grand Slam to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I will say I played the demo for that game and I actually got pretty frustrated with how ridiculously good some people are already were. <laughs> and so I kind of feel like Rip Kevin. I fi- I kind of feel like I would have more fun playing that with friends and people I know and they have a story mode now. So I think I'm going to have fun playing that. Right. Well, Mario Mario Tennis usually traditionally had a short story mode. I believe famously the GameCube one had it. Don't hold me to that, guys. I never played the GameCube one. Um, I'm pretty sure the GameCube one also had a story one as well. Story mode, I should say. Oh, they so. made it a point of emphasis to say, and we've got a story mode. So I'm like, I feel like I feel like it, it's not it's not going to be as grand as any of this. Like. Like this is gonna be like a really like in depth not in depth, but a really good no, story mode. Yeah. It's gonna be similar to like uh Superstar Baseball for the Wii. That actually oh, had a pretty yeah. in depth story mode to it, actually. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Right for, for Mario baseball game. I love that game. But yeah. So. <laughs> that that's an underrated game, by the way. That game is it sick. Is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to have a lot of customization too. I wanted to point that out. It's going to have like you can customize your character and like and the oh, really? skills you put on your character. That's so, cool. Yeah. Have you guys seen the not the trailer really, but like the commercial sort of trailer for this game that has Mario playing against Raphael Nadal? Yeah. Yes. Very clever. <laughs> very very clever. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> and then he won the tournament uh, shortly after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like good time. Nintendo tweeted him out. They're like, "Congratulations, Rafael Nadal! Here's our trailer for Mario Tennis Aces." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Now that's opportunistic marketing, right there." <laughs> but yeah, I was gonna say, Ryan, we have to be the ultimate doubles partner in Mario Tennis. 
All right, just like Smash. Let's uh, hopefully it carries over. <laughs> let's hope. Yeah, bread slugs. Like right, right, go left, go left. Br- bread slugs <laughs> returns. Yeah, just kidding. We're awful. <laughs> Speaking of Smash Brothers, uh, there is a new Fire Emblem game coming out. Yeah, <laughs> I can definitely talk about this since I'm pretty sure I'm the only experienced Fire Emblem player here. Is that correct? Yes, I I think you're correct. Okay, gotcha. Even though I've only played Awakening of Fates, but either way, um, no, yeah, I don't know the name of it. I'm pretty sure it's Three Houses. Is that correct? Yeah. Which is a weird name. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, and so it, it looks fantastic. Uh, it's the first Fire Emblem on a console, you know, all the way since the Wii, which is Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. And for those who are not familiar with Fire Emblem, those are the games that Ike is in. Um, but it, it just looks great because I'm so used to playing Fire Emblem on a handheld. And so I, I'm just not used to like all the, you know, the extra visuals and, you know, the extra, um, I would say like the battle visuals as well. I think that looked really cool. Um, and yeah. I think it takes, I think, uh, it, it might do what fates did, but you know, it does it even more grander because fates famously, you know, you can choose your path, you know, and go to two kingdoms, you know, that's why that's what birthright is. Birthright is one kingdom. while you know, conquest is another, you know, this, this might be just like three different kingdoms. And so I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I didn't really give much detail into that. And that's a good thing. You know, I kind of want it to be a surprise, but looking forward to it. Cool. Um, I will say I have dabbled in the game that Ryan bought for me for, was it my birthday? Yes, that's correct. My birthday. And uh, I've played it a little bit. Um, so, I, I mean, I know the format of it. I know kind of how it works. Um, but it's pretty exciting to have. It's for the Switch, right? So that's pretty exciting. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So it's the first Fire Emblem for a console in a long time. So yeah, and I think there's Fire Emblem Warriors just recently came out. Yes, yep. And and so that's all hype and dandy, if you ask me. Kevin, I'm I'm admiring your bravery and also foolishness of admitting that you've dabbled in a game that someone bought for you for your birthday. Yeah, yeah. No, Ryan <laughs> is the best friend ever. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, I'm waiting for uh, Peter to get me something for my birthday because uh, I didn't receive anything. Shots fired. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, um, my present, my present to you will be me buying Fortnite for the Switch. Yes, do it. That's good enough. <laughs> that free present right there, nice. <laughs> that will be my present for the rest of my life. No, the present for the rest of my life will be us reviewing Fortnite. Oh man! My present to you is uh, editing the podcast as thoroughly as I do. That has a all very right. real monetary value. So. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Anyway, yeah, I think one last game we should talk about uh, before <laughs> we get to Smash, unless you guys want to add something else, is uh, Pokemon. Let's go, Eevee, and let's go, Pikachu. Oh yeah, that's where I was going. Actually, sweet, great minds to go like. So let's talk about it. It looks okay. So I like the concept, right? But I feel like it is really starting to get very, and I think this might be the point. So I'm I'm kind of okay with it more than I thought I would be. But it's getting Pokemon really watered down. Now, Kevin, I want to stop you there because I thought the same thing until recently. Have you seen any of the like Treehouse gameplay footage? Yeah, I have. Yeah, the battle system is still the same, so that's mm-hmm. good. Okay. 
that was that was going to be my main point because I was I was like zero percent looking forward to this until I learned that the battling was the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The battling's the same. Um, what? Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm I'm not too like upset about that, but I guess like the catching the Pokemon is really cool that you can go out and you can play Pokemon Go and you can upload your Pokemon onto the game. But it's like you can easily catch. X Pokemon, um, which I guess you know, thinking about Pokemon Go and how that works, only the common Pokemon appear around you. But traditionally, when you played like Pokemon games, especially Yellow, you you know you go through the first area and you're catching Rattatas and Pidgeys, and that's it. Um, whereas like now, it would probably be like some weird Pokemon, like uh, not weird, but. Uh, Tentacruel, you know, you can just straight Weird up catch Pokemon. a tentacle. Whoa! <laughs> but I, I mean, what I'm saying is, it's just like you wouldn't be able to catch that right away in the beginning of the game, like you were before. So I feel like catching Pokemon is going to be less of a. I feel like that's becoming less of a cool thing. To, like Pokemon are not as rare as they were. Like it's losing that feel to me. So that's my only concern. The game looks really good. Like it looks really fantastic, and I love how the the Pokemon can follow you, like the actual Pokemon model. So that's pretty cool, and it has co op. So that's really cool too. Right? How about that? That's pretty cool. Oh, I did. I didn't see that. Oh, that was in the trailer. I don't think they showcased yeah. it at the treehouse, but I uh, maybe maybe not. I didn't watch the full thing, but it was uh, very obvious that they wanted to showcase that in the trailer. So and so, yeah. can you can you like double battle with a friend yes. against trainers? Oh, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so. yeah I, I'm pretty excited about it. and I'm gonna get it, and that's another reason Katie wanted to get a switch so she could get Eevee and I could get uh, Pikachu. Nice, good job, Kevin. I'm getting Pikachu as well. There we go. Yeah, well, Yellow was my first game, so I right. have to stay true. No, I, I'm actually really excited about it. I'm concerned, but I think it's gonna be okay. Like, I'm mm-hmm. pretty. I'm pretty excited about it. I I do think still overall they're trying to get back like that main crowd, just like kind of draw in the the Gen Oneers. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, the cool thing is that we're still getting what sounds like it's going to be a traditional mainline game on the Switch in 2019. Right. Yes. The last thing I heard. So if if that weren't confirmed, then I would be you know worried about the state of the franchise and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, I, I can't fault Nintendo for wanting to bridge the gap between Pokemon Go and mainline Pokemon because I'm pretty sure that's what they're trying to do with this game. I don't know if they've said it out loud. I think, actually, no. Uh, one of the developers did say that during a Treehouse thing. So they actually are like trying to make this the bridge. Yeah. And I think when you think about it that way, it's not like replacing main Pokemon games. And I think right. that's what yeah. makes it valuable. And that's and that's what makes me more excited about it than I would be otherwise. Because otherwise, I would be actually against it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They, yeah. they announced it on purpose. So it's 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 for people to not be like, okay, we've been looking forward to, you know, a new gen, the possibility of a new gen like on a console for years. And so, no, they wanted to reassure everyone that. Yeah, and I'm glad they're bringing yeah. back the the main Pokemon games for 2019. Um, I think that's when they said it would. Or they're gonna yes, announce that's correct. It. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm really glad that they're gonna stick with that and that's going to be on the switch too so that's something i was really that's what i was really hoping for when i heard there was going to be a new pokemon game and i think they knew that but i am glad that you know 
Pokemon's had the same format for a very long time. I'm kind of glad they're trying to branch out. Yeah, this is um, very different. So Right, and I don't yeah. think it's a necessarily a bad idea either. And it incorporates Pokemon Go, which I is was was really popular. But um I think, you know, it's a, and it's a good way to get people active again too. And I think it'll draw people back to Pokemon Go again. I know I downloaded the app right after they announced that. So I was like Let's get back into Pokemon Go, but then I realized, uh, eh. <laughs> it's not for everyone. That's okay. Well, I was really into it back in the day. I just like I have to start all over. <laughs> eh. I don't want to do that. And hey, uh, this is also the first time in Pokemon history. You know, it's also pretty big news that Mew is actually going to be available to the public, and it's not a prize. And so, the first wow. time in Pokemon history, I'm pretty sure. You know, every other iteration that you could get Mew, you know, was through a contest that you had to, you know, participate and be a part of. Now, anyone can get Mew with the Pokeball feature with it. And so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I forgot how you get Mew in Gen 1, but it was not a very orthodox method. That's correct. That's because Mew was in the game, but only as a prize through the yeah. Pokemon tournaments, probably, and stuff. Yeah, I don't know what... The, Oh no! You could like, you could do like some weird sequence of events and. No, I know that's why you can get it because Mew's in the game, but yeah, but yeah, it's through very unconventional means. (laughs) There should be like a statute of limitation on legendary Pokemon, where like after twenty years they become less legendary, and you can just like catch them in the Cerulean Cave or something, like because it's. um, (laughs) I mean, I, I, I get I get that Mew is special and a big deal and has been for a long time, but it's like, you know, Gen One debuted like 20 years ago just let me catch Mew normally you know like let me go to space in the game and find Mew on a meteorite or something and you know like <laughs> I don't know I disagree alright Nintendo you heard it here from Peter from Deal For Real he wants you to incorporate into the new Pokemon game put a, put a 20 year timer in it and when that 20 year timer runs out boom let those <laughs> legendaries free let him go so. how sick would that be actually Ryan that is, that is actually a cool idea can you imagine the biggest, someone programming the biggest Easter egg of all time that you have to wait twenty years for it? Yeah. No, man, like, no one's ready for it. <laughs> this is a great idea, and you could do this for like any game. You know? <laughs> like, jeez, we're genius, Ryan. <laughs> I was gonna say like, yeah, I catch a Mew right next to a Zubat. Just like, oh look, there's a <laughs> Mew just chilling right next to Zubat. I think I'll How get the Zubat. It? Well, Mew is friends with all Pokemon, so that makes True. sense. Um. Going back to Pokemon Go and the or Pokemon Let's Go and the new approach and all that stuff, I read an interesting discussion online, I think it was on Reddit, where people were saying that maybe Nintendo... Well, I, I don't think people are actually thinking that Nintendo is doing this, but it would be cool if they did do this, that they would be making separate Pokemon games for separate audiences. So you'd have like the very casual audience, so people who are maybe into Pokemon Go more than they are into the mainline games... And then you have people like us who have been playing the mainline games for a long time. And it'd be kind of cool if Nintendo sort of stopped trying to cater to both because a lot of people were complaining about how, I think in Sun and Moon in particular, like there were just some elements of the game that were so simple or so dumbed down easy. or so easy because yeah. they were trying to make it as casual as possible. I mean, even like Smash Brothers has had this problem in the past, right? Like trying to appeal to everyone and making something mediocre as a result. And so it would be cool for Nintendo to continue this 
more casual approach with games like Pokemon Go or Pokemon Let's Go. But then maybe going back to the roots just a little bit with mainline games that are more similar to like, you know, Gen 4, Gen 5 or something games that were still challenging and like, you know, less um, easy, I guess, would be the, the word. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I wish, I hope they do something like that, honestly. At least bring it back to its, at least somewhat of a harder mode. Maybe like you're battling, you're going through a gym and like you get through all the trainers and you lose to this guy named Blaine. And then when oh, you do up, that, Kevin. you go back, <laughs> you go back to the beginning of the gym and you have to fight all of the trainers again. Roasted. I'm triggered. That would be <laughs> roasted. Oh, you set me up for that one. I'm sorry, but um. <laughs> I'm blogging off Discord right now. Oh no, oh, no, Peter. It's that, okay. That'll be it's my okay. other birthday present to you. Will be me reattempting that. Oh, <laughs> that would be a good present. I would love that. Hey, maybe if I stream that, you'll actually tune in. Oh no, don't even. Ooh. I tune in to like ninety-seven oh. percent of your streams. Ninety-seven. Yes. Stats. We need the stats. Just let it all air out here on the air. <laughs> yeah. Stat check. Yeah. <laughs> Fact checkers. Fact checkers. Okay, I do want to change the subject because I'm very uncomfortable. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I do want to nice. talk about two other quick Nintendo things before we get on to Big Bad Smash Bros. Um, so there was a person who leaked Pokemon Let's Go some time ago, like on April 1st or something. And of course, no one believed them, but it turned out that they hmm. were right. And uh, I think that was this leak. It might have been different. But anyway, the person who leaked that also leaked Star Fox like a new Star Fox game and also a new F-Zero game. Yes. It was a very unconvincing leak. It was like a bulleted list on a sheet of paper that anyone could have printed out. Um, but anyway, so these were two things that people were sort of hoping for. And people have been hoping for new Star Fox and new F-Zero stuff for a long time, especially F-Zero since the last game was either <clears throat> yep. GX. Was, yeah, it was either GX or one of the Game Boy games that came right after it or right before it. That's um, correct. Yeah. So... Uh, so yeah, people were really hyped for both of those to make an appearance. And then there was a rumor that came out later that there was going to be a Star Fox racing game called like Star Fox GP or something. And then people from both of those communities were getting mad like because it'd be a huge slap in the face to have either a Star Fox game that wasn't a real Star Fox game. Like that would be a slap in the face to Star Fox fans. And then it would be a slap in the face to have a futuristic racing game that was not F-Zero. That'd be so mad. So like it was, it was a double, <laughs> it was kind of a double thing. But uh, Kevin, I think, tagged me in a tweet that brought that rumor to my attention. And I was actually kind of happy about it because back in December, I was like just thinking randomly, oh, what if there was a Star Fox racing game? And I like <laughs> wrote down how the game would work and it'd pretty much be F-Zero, but with like R-Wings or something. Um, and I was writing down all the courses that it would have and all this stuff. And so to see this rumor come out, I was like, oh, I definitely invented that game back in December. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you did. So I personally would it be happy Peter's with idea. Star Fox GP. It was my idea. Uh, copyright, copyright. Um, <laughs> so I, so I'm both a Star Fox and F Zero fan, and I would actually welcome a Star Fox racing game. But uh, I understand why other people would not. But the the point is, is that a lot of people are sad that neither one of those things were actually revealed or teased at E3. Yeah, and that's me. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually agree with you. Um, I think that Star Fox game would be super dope, and I would play that. But I want to say, uh, that kind of brings me to one of my points that I mentioned. Um, 
overall thinking about Nintendo's press conference, it it was slated to be all of these super things. I even texted Ryan. I was like, we could see all of these things. I said, even a new F-Zero game. And, you know, we haven't seen anything on the new Metroid Prime. And so it's like, we were expecting all of these things to just come to light. But most of it was about Smash or games that we have already seen, like Pokemon Go and stuff like that. And so I thought it was it was a really good chance for Nintendo to just kind of come out there with all of these games. And I'm not saying it was a bad uh, press conference for Nintendo, but I was kind of like, if you step back and look at it a little bit, like, I thought it could have been more. They could have been like, I, I don't know. It was, a, it was a very Smash-centered press conference, which I'm okay with. I love Smash. Everybody knows I love Smash. <laughs> but it was like, I was really hoping for to see some of these other games. So I was, there's a little bit of disappointment for me because like, okay, yes, yeah, Smash... Uh, Pokemon and Mario Party, and and some of these other games that we've talked about have already been announced. Mario Tennis Aces, um, Octopath Traveler, um, a lot of these other games they were just expounded on a little more. Yeah, but I was hoping for more announcements that had been strongly rumored, such as F Zero, and we already know uh, Metroid Prime, but we just haven't seen anything on that game. So I was really kind of disappointed um, in that aspect. But at the same time, it's like, cool, new Smash game. It looks dope. <laughs> so so that's kind of my thoughts on Nintendo's press conference. Yeah, to add to that, Kevin, actually, you know, I had the exact same thought, you know, um, especially as a diehard Metroid fan and as an F-Zero fan. You know, but at the end of the day, I wasn't disappointed. I didn't feel disappointed with Nintendo's E3 because Smash kind of sucked up all my disappointment. <laughs> it made me just so excited. Um, but yeah, I am a little disappointed at the end of the day that, you know, they didn't have the content that I thought they would. Um, but after, you know, listening to, uh, I listened to pro Jared for a little bit and, you know, he made the statement that, you know, you can't, you can't judge someone's, you know, E3 based on, you know, what it, what, uh, you know, the content they could have put because, you know, it didn't exist. You know, you can't judge something that didn't exist. You know, you have to judge something that's in front of you. And I thought that was a really good point. Another point that um, I think might make you feel a little bit better is that Nintendo is very different from the other companies. Like, this is their Super Bowl, right? This is like Microsoft's and Sony's and Ubisoft's. This is their Super Bowl, right? Uh, whereas Nintendo, you know, they have Directs. strategically yeah, placed Nintendo Directs that have these, you know, are a couple months apart throughout the year. And, you know, this Nintendo Direct honestly would not have been any different from a previous Nintendo Direct a couple months ago, right? It basically was the same type of Nintendo Direct um, in terms of overall content that they show. And so I think that's probably why they went with the decision that they made. It was because, you know, they're like, hey, let's save some stuff for the Direct in August or in September when we do the next one, you know, so they can make themselves more relevant all throughout the year instead of just, you know, piling all into one moment. And so I think that's probably why they made that decision. Uh, You know, because at the same time, you know, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get to hear from some of the games that we wanted to hear from, but I think that's kind of the reason why. Okay, that makes sense. Playing Devil's Avocado here, it's also very possible yeah. that E3 or that Nintendo doesn't really care about F Zero and doesn't really care about Star Fox, just about those two in particular, Ooh. which Ugh. is a sad don't reality. But uh, Ugh, you know, Nintendo that, just they uh, they might just <laughs> it hurt, not have it, it hurt in them. my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Every word is a blow. Oh, man. No, I... <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. I think that second point you said makes a lot more sense to me. The first one is kind of like, well, I mean, 
they still only showed one game. Even if they, you know, I can't judge them. You're right for the content they didn't put out, but at the same time, if they only did one thing, it's like okay, yeah, cool, Smash. They did Mario Party, but it's like, eh. I mean, I, I'm excited for Mario Party, but it's not like it's not like F Zero or like right Metroid no, it's, or something. It's, it's not like a mainstream franchise, yeah. Right. So, and then, yeah. Uh, but you're right. The directs are spaced throughout to where I will get more Nintendo news throughout the year um, than all at once. Um, but I would have liked to see just a, like maybe another just mainstream. A bit more. No, I'm with you 100% there, buddy. Trust me. Just a little bit disappointing. Yeah. I waited over a year for actual Metroid information. I still didn't get any more. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, hold on. I got transition. Actually, they did show a Metroid trailer, just not what we were expecting. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smash Bros. Oh, Smash Bros. It's time for Smash Bros. It <laughs> it's it's here. It's real. He's I'm a reliever. Oh, baby. <laughs> All right. So just to get it out of the way, because we're a podcast and we need to say this, Smash Brothers Ultimate is the name of the game. It's going to have every single Smash character that's ever existed, plus Inklings. Plus Ridley, oh, that's the fact. Now we can editorialize and say how how hyped we are for this. Smash, Okay, so so let's try to collect our thoughts here because we finally get to talk about Smash, and I'm sure everybody's been wanting to hear us talk about Smash, especially the people we know. Can I tell my story? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. So this is a perfect time. So uh, very similar to Ryan, I was kind of covertly sneaking peeks during the Smash Bros. Direct. I had it in like the tiniest possible window up in the corner of my screen, the corner that was actually as far away from my boss as possible on my monitor. And uh, even then, it was nice. still distracting me. Like I, I couldn't really take my eyes off it. So I thought, okay, you know what? I'm gonna hide it, and just like in a couple minutes, I'll pull it up and see what they're talking about next. So I kept kind of hiding the window and pulling it back up and seeing like little tiny reveals of information. Like I did see the point where they're in, when they announced all the characters that were going to be in it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I'd hide it, and then I'd pull it back up, and they talked about. <laughs> How they're gonna have like battlefield versions of every stage, and then some other mechanical changes. Like, oh, that's really cool, and I, you know, close it. And so eventually, I thought, you know what, I need to kind of close out of this entirely because I really do need to focus on work right now. Oh man! So I closed it, and then a couple minutes later, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna pull it open again. He had a sense, and I pull it open right when the Ridley trailer starts. Oh my gosh! And then I saw Ridley, and then I saw his little splash screen. Ridley hits the big time, and I was like. (laughs) trying my very hardest not to squeal in my chair. I was so excited. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so glad I had the Jesus timing on this where I just knew that I had to pull up the window. It was awesome. Oh, and uh, yeah. Rizzy was, <laughs> was, was, was speaking was to ride. you. He was. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, I was kind of doing the same thing. I guess we were all just having this pulled up at work, but <laughs> I was I had it pulled up and they kind of allow us to do this at work. We can kind of listen to whatever we want. So I would like I would like listen to it and I was listening to the first couple minutes and then all of a sudden my uh coworker comes over to me and we were like trying to work out a problem. It's like, "Dang it. Like the conference <laughs> is going on right now." So I had to like pretend not to be super distracted and like Pretend that I wasn't trying to hurry up and get him out of there, but I was like, yeah, just like, so I was trying to figure out this problem as quickly as I could, but trying not to make it obvious. I'd be like, hmm, how are we going to solve this problem? And I'd wait for like five seconds and be like, we need to do this, 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 this. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll work on it for a little bit. And he's like, all right. And he'll go away. And then like, I came back and they had already announced like 
Ridley and all this other stuff. I was like, dang it. And I, I got, <laughs> I came back in when they uh, started talking about the techniques that they added. And I was like, oh, yes, this will be really cool. Um, and then my coworker came back and I was like, God oh, dang it. Um, so I missed a good portion of the Smash stuff, but I did see all the main points where they're adding uh, all the other characters back and uh, they're, the clones are now like, have their Echo own special fighters. Sim- yeah, Echo, Echo fighters. Echo, Echo, Echo. That's and, really cool, by the way. And I had someone else tell me Ridley's going to be in the game. So, yeah, most of the Nintendo uh, Direct. I was like missing and I was very upset about because I've been waiting for it all E3. I was like, no, I'm missing all this stuff. But I was kind of relieved that they only announced Smash in that I didn't miss anything important. But Ryan, I want to know how much, how many goosebumps did you get (laughs) when, when you saw like Samus just like, when you saw that trailer and they like Samus was running and with Mario, what were you thinking? Oh, I actually instantly knew that when I saw the first, screenshot of the location that they're at you know they're in a futuristic place very similar to where you fight Ridley in the subspace emissary which I think is a really cool shout out um, once I saw that I was like they did it they freaking did it and then obviously I got you know it, official confirmation in my head you know when uh, Ridley brutally murdered Mega Man with his tail yeah. which was sweet <laughs> yeah, you know God. man you I was know, hoping we would talk about that how far Nintendo has come, you know, go back to uh, Brawl, you know, when Sonic appears, you know, he bumps into Mario, right? It's like, oh, Mario just bumped you out of the way. <laughs> you know, go to Smash 4, where Villager catches Mario in a net. It's like, ha, ah, Mario got you. Nah, Ridley's like, please, fools, I'm going to kill please. him straight up. In the trailer, Mario's yeah. mascot, gone. And you know, he yeah, he's like hat. twirling his hat, yeah, twirling his hat. You know, which is, by the way, which is Ridley's personality for anyone that knows Metroid in good, any good detail. And so, I really liked how they brought out his personality very subtly in that trailer as well. Uh, and so, oh, just it was fantastic. Um, he is going to be he is the he is the most exciting newcomer for Smash that I have you know in my entire life. You know, I've never been this excited for a newcomer ever. Um, and so I've been waiting for this for a long time. I'm looking forward to it. I love his design too. It's not really anything from any Metroid game, which is what I was kind of worried about. Um, because his designs, you know, are really bony and huge, which is why he was able to be kind of bony is because he's really big. Um, if they make him like smaller for smash, you kind of look kind of really weird and skinny, like too skinny. And so I'm really glad that they kind of made him a whole new design that just works perfectly. And he doesn't look that big. Like, he's big, but he's, like, not that big. Um, and I also love his meta Ridley skin. I'm going to play the crap out of that one. Um, yeah. And then Peter, I don't know if you know this, but they they found out, they found all his skins, and they actually traced it to where his skins are different palettes of Ridley throughout the series. Oh, that's cool. Which is super cool. Like, there's a green Ridley, which is, you know, from the box art of Zero Mission. You know, shout out to Zero Mission from uh, the Interstate Gamer Podcast. Uh, there's a purplish Ridley skin, which is the Ridley X from uh, Fusion, Kevin. Ooh. And so they have that as a skin. Um, you know, they have, oh, what were some of the others? They have the red Ridley, you know, from the box art of Super Metroid, yeah. you know, as well, that famous Ridley. Uh, and several others. I can't. Oh, they have a a white Ridley with green eyes, 
which is akin to the robot Ridley at the end of Zero Mission. So, oh yeah, that's so one of like, my favorite ones. Yeah, and so every skin of Ridley was a shout out to a version of Ridley throughout the series, which is which Fifty is Shades of Ridley. Fifty Shades of Ridley. <laughs> oh god, it's fantastic. Speaking <laughs> of uh, being excited for character reveals, um, I I was really really caught up on the uh, Smash Four hype train back mm-hmm. four years ago, which by the way was one sixth of my life ago, which is crazy. <laughs> but um, how time flies. But so I was really caught up in that uh, hype train, and so I was keeping up with all the leaks and all the reveals and all that stuff, very much into it. Um, although not super duper excited because I knew that I wouldn't be getting a Wii U. Um, so th- that kind of tempers your excitement, you know, when, you're, right. when you won't be playing the actual game. Um, but for this for this reveal of Ultimate, um, obviously Kevin and I had the ongoing debate over whether it was going to be a port or not, ah. uh, which I'm happy to lay to rest, Kevin. I, I, let's set aside our differences and walk into the sunset, holding hands, all that stuff. Wait, but who thought it was going to be a port? Kevin did. Kev. Ah, uh, gotcha. Does that you not with, sound like a Kevin opinion, though? Ye, yes, it does. <laughs> you with the. <laughs> so the game, the game's going to be a beautiful in between. We've already agreed on that. But anyway, yeah. the point that I'm getting to is that this year I was totally out of the loop for Smash Brothers. I mean, I knew that it was going to be coming out for the Switch, obviously, but uh, I don't think that Nintendo, you know, Nintendo didn't have a slow drip of information like they have done for the past two games in the series. They just waited for E3 and just laid. Probably all their cards on the table. I mean, (laughs) there might be, I'm sure there'll be like some things they haven't announced, but they really did lay everything out on the table. And even though it wasn't the slow buildup, I just found myself so excited Mm -hmm. from that one direct. You know, like I I hadn't been eagerly awaiting it, but I just, I saw all the characters, which got me super hyped. I saw Ridley, which I need not say more. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now I'm really excited for it. And it's just amazing how they did that to me, you know? Yeah, I was. How do we always have the same points, Peter? Look at this. <laughs> you and me. It's like y'all know each other or something. We're like brothers, only closer. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, no, I was gonna mention that. I was like, they waited a little bit closer to when they were gonna like do the full direct, and they were like, "All right, hey, new Smash Bros. game." Like everybody's like, "What?" And you know, like last time, they just really had this long, drawn out process of like. Who's they the did. next character going to be? Brawl and Smash 4. Yep, they did both. It was plays, very dramatic. Time. And so they're like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to do it all at once. And I, I agree. I think it was a lot better. And it it lessened the possibility for leaks because no one was actively looking to try to break this story because it was just, you know, like they just kept everything under hush and they, re- they released the information they were making in their Smash Bros. not too far out from when this E3 was. And so they did a very good job of that. I agree. Yeah. Is anyone else a little bit concerned from the name Ultimate because it makes it sound like it might be the last Smash game? (sighs) Yeah, I kind of got that vibe from it. Um, There's no way they'll completely quit the Smash series for eternity because that's too much of a cash cow. But for a very long time, I I agree. Um, I'm going to partially agree. I think this is Sakurai's last Yeah. I think that's why, and yeah. um, I love the name, by the way. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Smash 4's name. I just no. loved... What name? There was no name. Right, what name, right. And so everyone just called it Smash 4. And so I, I loved that you can just say Melee you know, and Brawl and stuff like that. And you can just say Ultimate. Let's play some Ultimate. You know, that, that's, that's fun to say. That's oh, cool man, to say. that's such a good name. Yeah, so I love the name for it. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be Sakurai's last game. I actually thought Smash 4 was going to be his last game. I was really surprised yeah. that... And Brawl. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't think Brawl was, but I thought Smash 4 could have been his last game for sure um, because that took a lot out of him, and he even made that a, a point too. Um, and I'm actually pretty surprised that they have, you know, built from the ground up new game like it this soon. Like, I was actually kind of surprised about that. Well, it's it's soon for the past iteration of Smash. There are the past two right. iterations, but like you know, sixty four to Melee happened in Melee. Two years. Yeah, it was two years. It was two and years. Then, uh, it's just what we were used to. People keep saying it's built from the ground up. I I always tend to disagree with this because, um, yeah, Sakurai has stated before the way they start every single Smash game, and I'm quite confident and this one's no different, is that they take all the characters from the previous one, and I'm. I think all the stages, and they like import the data to whatever engine they have or whatever they're using, and they kind of extract the data from that. Or if they want to make new models, they go ahead and do that. But if they already have assets they can use, they go ahead and use that, and that makes sense from a developer standpoint. But right, to say right. that they they took Mario and redesigned his whole model from the ground up, I, I think they marketed that because everybody was like, "It better not be a port." And right. so they're like, oh, no, no, it's a new game, like, from the ground up, like, new no, engine. Right. Like, th- yeah. No, you're right. I think yeah. the characters, they ported over and they changed. I think the characters are th- the most obvious, you know, similarities or changes because, I mean, there's quite a, a big dr- drastic change between the characters from, you know, Melee to Brawl, even Brawl to Smash 4 had a lot of changes. This one doesn't seem to have that many changes in comparison. Um, I just think it's more of the game itself and the engine that they built from the ground up. More of they brought the characters over. I think that's probably what it's what it is. Yeah, they have more capabilities with that switch, which is right. really nice. Yeah, yeah, I do think that the new mechanics are the changed mechanics. I think look really cool. I think that they're doing a good job of addressing some problems that people have had with Brawl and with Smash Four. Um, so between that and just the sheer amount of content, I really do think this has the potential to become like objectively the best. Uh, sorry, the baddest. <laughs> uh, objectively, the best <laughs> Smash Brothers game to date. Like yeah, you know, right. I Melee will probably always be my favorite. I don't, I don't see that changing. Right. Um, but like for everyone else, this really does look like it might be the ultimate. Hmm. Nope. No pun intended. The ultimate Smash. Ah, the ultimate <laughs> Smash game. Uh, they knew what they were doing. Those dogs. Oh no, guys! Could this be the? Final Smash. <laughs> oh boy, there's too many puns today. There you go. Too many puns. But yeah, no, I am very, I'm very optimistic about this game, and it's really good to see that so many pro players have all consistently had the opinion of one, the, just a few more changes to the mechanics and the way things work, and they think it could be like the best competitive. Well, not best, but. Uh, that's objective, but really good competitive game. Right, and that was and from the Melee players, which yes. they did not say anything close to that after the Smash 4 Invitational. Yeah. They didn't. And so for the fact that, you know, Leffen and Armada and them were saying that. And, Mango. And Tafikins. Yeah, and Tafikins. And yeah, all of them were saying that from this uh, definitely shows you the progress or more to the middle that this game is. So Yeah. And I kind of like how all of a sudden, just out of the blue, since since all everybody's got new like updated information on Ultimate, that it's a general consensus, even primarily from Smash Four players, that Smash Four sucked. Like every, everybody hated it. It's like, <laughs> oh, you're just jumping ship so quick. Like, geez. Like I guess you're 
Like, why did you play it competitively if eh, if the game sucked? It's more of like the characters that dominated Smash Four late that kind of really bothered people. Not so much the game itself. I mean, there were, there were some things that about Smash Four that people were bothered by, but they made it work and they enjoyed what Smash Four was. I just think people were overall tired of the DLC and the power creep of the DLC and yeah. DLC taking over, and so. And you got to see that full force in the Invitational with Bayonetta, by the way. Oof. You, know, you, got, you got to see the backless. Yeah, but Sakurai saw it too, and he, he commented yep. on it. So there's, there's yep. still he hope. He shook his head. There's still hope. Oof. Oof. He said, right. there, are some, there are some bugs in the game still, I learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty big one, one buddy. One's an entire character. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, I'm going to go home, and uh, like as soon as I get there, I'm going to be... At midnight, I'm going to go and work on the game. I was like, dude, just chill just a little chill. bit. chill. Just hang yeah. out with us. Relax. Celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I do want to make a quick point that um, the decision to bring everyone back is, I think, an incredible decision. Phenomenal. I actually like that better than like three or four newcomers. I really do. Uh, just because everyone across their whole Smash career you know, has personal attachment to characters at one point in time. And just for the fact to bring everyone back, regardless, no ifs, ands, and buts, no matter what, they're here. I, when I heard that, I was like, this is great. This is actually, I wanted this more than newcomers. And Sakura even stated that in the trailer. He was like, this is what the people wanted. And, you know, to see my, to see people who love Snake get so excited, to see... My brother who loves Pichu, he's back. Yeah. You know, and Ice Climbers and you know, and several others. And I <laughs> and I liked Lucina in Smash Four. I'm really happy she's back, you know, and so there's just all several, several things that I like about that decision. I totally agree. I saw this yeah. really funny tweet that day, uh, where someone said, Raise your hand if you predicted that young Link was going to be in this game. Now put your hand back down because nobody saw this coming. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited for Young Link. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's kind of really who right. I want to uh, main. Mm-hmm. But nice. I, 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 I'm really excited to sit down. You know, we're all competitive Smash players here. I, for, I feel like we forgot to preface that. Um, but we're all competitive Smash players. So it's going to be exciting for me to sit down, have the game completely fresh and new, and just pick whatever character I want. And mm-hmm. I hope it's the journey, like, the journey of yeah. picking a main and going through all that. Which I did love in Smash Four because I went across different mains in Smash Four, and I ended up settling with Peach. But I went from Samus to Yoshi to Pikachu to Peach, you know, and and it's just a journey. And I'm excited to go through a whole new journey with Smash uh, Ultimate. Yeah, so, yeah. I think same. I'm contractually obligated to attempt to main Ridley, but if it doesn't work out, I'm certainly open. <laughs> I am too. I I'm with you, Peter. I Ridley and Samus are the two characters I'm going to go all in at right away. At first, and if I main Ridley, I'm gonna love it. Top tier or not, I don't care. <laughs> I'm gonna love it. <laughs> yeah, I I know everybody's like really hype about Ridley, and one of my concerns is that he might be OP. But I don't. I'm I'm not too concerned about maining Ridley. I mean, I like Ridley and all. I think that's cool for everybody else. So I'm glad. But I am excited about some other characters coming back and maybe some other characters changing. Um, Kirby, interestingly enough, one his hmm. dash attack. Is the fireball? I told you about that once again. Yeah, you told me about that, and I was really hyped. But I learned another thing about him: he can inhale projectiles from Samus and shoot them back. 
Oh, wow. What? I didn't even know that. What now? There's a guy that tested it out at the E3, and he's like, Kirby can inhale projectiles and spin them back at people now. I just that's tested actually, it out on Samus. That's actually amazing. <laughs> yes, because Kirby needs something like that because he struggles long range. I'm actually super excited for that. So I was like, oh, Kirby's just going to be the same. So I wasn't actually really excited to play Kirby. I was like, I might choose someone different than Kirby this time. But since that they announced that, I was like, oh, wait a minute. But I hated in the trailer, <laughs> they didn't show that off. And the only thing they showed <laughs> off was this stupid down B. I'm like... That move's useless in this game. <laughs> hey, it is pretty cool. Come on. I guess. I love how they started with like Kirby's the same old cuddly ball that you know and love. Yay. It's like, yeah, Yay. okay, cool. <laughs> well, hey, hopefully Roy's good in this game too, because that would make me a very happy camper. Ooh. Ooh. Well, yeah, he has to be. Can you imagine balancing a game with sixty six characters? Can you also imagine oh, commentating geez. a game with sixty six characters? <laughs> 68, technically, but yeah. I'm really hyped for Smash Ultimate, and Smash 4, I was a little bit on the fence and ultimately uh, decided that I was you know, not, not a fan. I tried it out, um, but it just wasn't for me. But I'm excited to potentially you know, move on to this game. Um, but yeah. So with all of this in mind, I think we've talked a pretty good amount about Smash Ultimate and we're right. bordering on our two hour mark here. So, Oh, I didn't know that was a time limit. Okay, yeah. Well, that's kind of so. a general guideline we go for. Okay, but, yeah. So, But anyway, I want to let's, let's, who are we most excited to play? Like, just kind of list off a few characters that you're really excited to try out and play. Okay, well, number one's Ridley for sure, 100%. Um, I, I would say number two is Samus. I intrigued by those charging and mid-air changes and just everything she's going to be like in that game. Um, hopefully, they make her connect her moves better in this game than in Smash 4. That was a big problem that has plagued Samus in Smash 4. So hopefully that is better and more more fixed. Um, I'm not sure my last one. I don't know. Um, hmm... Maybe I've always wanted to give Rosa, Rosalina Luma, more of a shot. And I know she has a new neutral air and everything. And I think with just the faster physics and everything, I think she would be even more fun to play than she was in Smash 4. And so I w- I'm intrigued with Rosa. And so those are my three. Uh, Rosa, is that, that you're not talking about Rosalina, right? Yes, I am. Sorry. I think I would like to try out Young Link for sure to see how he is in this game. Uh, Kirby with the new dash attack and the inhale stuff I just talked about. Um, I do want to try out Duck Hunt to see what he's kind of like. For some, Inkling kind of sounds intriguing. Um, there's another one I had on the back of my mind that I, I kind of forgot. Oh, Marth! I've heard Mar. I've heard really good things about Marth, and I'm actually really excited at the potential of uh, playing Marth. Because I've heard Marth, you can do some really cool shield pressure stuff, and like mm-hmm. Marth is like I heard super that too. fast, which in turns also means Lucina. So I'm really excited about that as well. So yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited that uh, Marth could be kind of melee esque almost. So I, I guess that's, that's the impression I'm getting, like fast and uh, kind of really good pressure from Marth, which is something I would like to have from a character is really good pressure. So yeah. Yeah, my number one definitely Ridley. Won that yep. fool for a long time. There you go. 
Number two, definitely Wolf. I'm really glad to see Wolf making a comeback. Um, I, I liked playing Wolf a lot casually in Brawl, but there were some things about him that frustrated me. And uh, I'd be interested to see how they treat him in uh, this game. Bring back Kevin Seastick Wolf. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and Project M, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, it's a mod of Brawl um, to make it more like Melee. But um, in that game, I, would, I always said uh, Wolf Tech. And I would call it Wolf Tech, <laughs> and I would just smash the C stick left or right, and I would actually do really well against a lot of uh, mid level players uh, with just doing like smash attacks. So it was actually pretty <laughs> funny. But I, I I really liked the way they presented Wolf. They made him seem really cool, especially his new design looks really yeah. neat. Wolf is a cool character in general. Um, really happy to have him back in the in the mix. A uh, third. I kind of want to say Game & Watch because I like the aesthetic changes that they're bringing to make it look more like the actual <laughs> yeah. Game & Watch games. But I, I think, honestly, I would be more excited to play either Young Link or Link Link, the Breath of the Wild Link. Um, <laughs> yeah, Even though cool. I haven't played Breath of the Wild yet, that's definitely the reason that I am going to get a Switch, by the way, would be for that get game. Get a Switch! But um, I, I've just always been a fan of Link and Smash, and to my knowledge, he's never really been all that good and most Smash games. I'm not too worried about competitive viability because I won't be playing this game competitively, I don't think. But just, you know, Link's really cool, and especially with the new design, I'd be interested to see how they treat him. Uh, also, this isn't really one of my answers, but I'm really intrigued that they brought back the Ocarina of Time Ganon dwarf. Yeah. Ooh, kind of an interesting yeah. choice because I figured they would go with, like, the most recent design for their characters because that's what they've done in the past, I think, pretty much exclusively. But uh, yeah, Ocarina of Time Ganon, pretty sick. I guess we can say the only character that didn't actually make it is Brawl Link. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or uh, what's the game? Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess, yeah. Twilight Princess Link. Right. Actually, I'm pretty <laughs> sure each Legend of Zelda character represents a different game in the series. Um, so yeah. it's pretty cool. So Yeah, because Link yeah, would pretty, be Breath of really, Wild. Really excited for Young yeah. Link. Link would be Breath of the Wild. Young Link and Ganon, I guess, would be Ocarina or like Majora's or whatever. Uh, because Zelda is oh Zelda actually is a character that I'd be interested in. I've always kind of had a soft spot for Zelda. She oh, looks she looks fantastic. Really cool. But yeah, because she represents a link between worlds, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. correct. Yes. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I play that game. It's pretty fun too. Um, they did do a Majora's stage, I believe, right? Yeah, the Great Bay. How great is oh, that, yeah. Kevin? You're it excited for that? so freaking good. Oh. You're going to fight a Battlefield version Great Bay all day long. I can already tell. Oh, that that yes. makes me really happy, too, yes. because Great Bay is my favorite stage in Melee. And so any any reason to play that stage, I always am in the mood for. So very stoked for that, too. I'll, hmm. I'll play the Great Bay. I'll play at the Great Bay with my Great Bay I saw that too. I saw that picture <laughs> earlier today, actually. <laughs> really? That's actually a meme. I just yes, it says uh, it says know your differences. Great Bay, I think Great Bay, the picture of the new Zelda in Smash <laughs> Ultimate, but with Bay B A E, so it's it's hilarious. <laughs> December first, boys. So I think this is a good time to kind of wrap up the podcast. We God knows we spent enough time talking about Smash Ultimate, but uh, is it December seventh yet? Yeah, <laughs> I think we had a really fun recap. I think that uh, one of you guys had this idea of us kind of going through and saying the three games that we're most excited about that we've seen at E3. Uh, you guys want to do that? 
Yes, and yeah, that'll be that'll be our good send off, I think. Yeah, and I can start off with that. Uh, the the three games I'm most intrigued to see what they're like is obviously number one is Smash Ultimate. You know, it's so in my heart. Uh, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, I think the second one that intrigues me the most is the new Fire Emblem, even though I don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, but Fire Emblem, the three houses. Uh, I'm a recent Fire Emblem fan. You know, Fire Emblem on the console and all that. I'm, look, I'm really excited about that. And then I would think the last one's a game that I realistically won't play since I don't own the system, but I'm really curious to see how it turns out and how it looks. Um, I want to say is Fallout 76 um, and how it how it plays. And so those are the three that I would say I'm most looking forward to seeing what they're like. What about you, Kev? Well, I will say Fallout 76 is number one. Shocker. Um, and then number two will be Smash Ultimate for sure. Another shocker. Um, and then I will say number three... I'm most interested in seeing how Skull and Bones will turn out, and I kind of want to. I'm hoping I, it turns out really well, and I'll get that game. Um, and then I'm just going to cheat. Sorry, not sorry, but uh, I'm going to name a fourth because hmm. it's kind of close for me. But Octopath Traveler, which I will get in the next month, um, that's going to be a really good game. Mark my words, it's going to blow up. Um, so y'all need to get on that get Octopath. on the hype train. All right. So I really, of course, I really want to see Smash Bros. Ultimate, but I'm going to not include that on my list because I feel like I, I kind of know how it'll be just because of the sheer amount of stuff they showed us. You know what I mean? So there's not too much like that remains to be seen. So I'm Okay, gonna leave good that answer. Off. Yeah, I'm going to leave that off my list, although, of course, everyone knows that I'm hyped for it, and we all are. Um, from Nintendo, Kevin, you have really got me super interested in Octopath Traveler, so I definitely want to look more into that game for sure. Yeah. Uh, number two would be Forza Horizon 4. I, f- hmm. I feel like I know how the game's going to be in general because it, it's probably not going to be that different from Horizon 3. But I'm such a huge fan of Horizon 3 that I would just love to see how they you know, tweak the series for this fourth game. And also, I can't wait for my former roommate to get it so that I can go to his house and play Horizon 4. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then third, I'm going to choose Starlink. Ah, Partially because of nice. Star Fox, yes, but also the game itself. You know, I did some more research. Seems really cool. I'd love to see how people receive the the toy connectivity idea. That could go over really well or really poorly or somewhere in between. Um, I hope it goes well. It seems pretty cool. And the game itself looks fun, too. The sort of uh, hopping around different planets, taking on different missions as you see fit. Seems pretty cool to me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. I'm actually yeah. going to swap my Fallout 76 pick now that I'm looking at <gasps> every single E3 game again. Sorry, Kevin. But... <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. Like, ah. I don't know hardly anything about that. And I just love um, the art direction and the setting and everything. And so that one uh, really intrigues my interest. And so once I went through the game list again, I was like, oh, wait. No, it actually, uh, instead of 76, 77. <laughs> hey. So they, cool. There you go. Well, I'm glad we all had like generally different games. The exception being Smash Ultimate, but like, um, yeah, that's a good list of games. I, I think this is a really cool podcast to do. I'm glad we got to do it. So, yeah, Ryan, thanks so much for uh, going out and getting a mic so you could join us. We really appreciate it. And uh, you're uh, you have the distinction of being not only our first guest but also our first two time guest. So uh, oh. keep it up. <laughs> thanks, guys. Really appreciate the it. The board of directors are very happy with you. 
Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I hope uh, I made him happy with this one too. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Oh yeah, we love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll wrap it up for this podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We know it was a long one, but it's definitely, I think it's a good one and generally it's a lot of discussion. Let us know what you think uh, about all of these games uh, on Twitter. We're very active on Twitter. Uh, you can also go to our Facebook if you follow us there, uh, post on there. Um, we're very accessible. We're, as you already know, um, you've, you've, you've listened to season one by now, I'm sure. But um, we definitely enjoyed bringing this podcast to you. We don't know when you'll hear from us again, but uh, we'll, we'll definitely let you guys know when we're coming back with season two. You know we're all about that content here on the podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. And speaking of content, you can actually go into tinyurl slash ig ratings, and you can see a ranked list of all of the games announced at E3. Uh, we gave them all hype rankings. You know, for most hyped. I'm just kidding. We didn't do that. Oh, <laughs> that would be really. I cool. was I was actually <laughs> typing that in right now. I was like, no way. Dang no way. It. Wow. The next level reads. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if we're still doing this podcast in one year then we should maybe think about doing that for E3 2019 that would be pretty funny <laughs> yeah that would be pretty funny <laughs> at least for Nintendo games Prime 4 thank you so much guys for uh, tu- uh, tuning in and listening to us uh, rant about E3 we hope you're all excited about these games as we are um, so yeah yeah we'll see you guys later enjoy the rest of your day or night peace Yeah, baby.